Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. Y'all used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. Y'all used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. What's up? What's up? Realist Podcast Seven. We back. It's your boy C Diddy. I'm Matt. Makes me sick. We're here live from the Fantasy Factory Hookah Lounge. Getting it popping. Uh, can I hear you? Uh, talk. Let me tell you. I can't hear me because you don't have headphones. That'll that'll hold you up from from hearing that whole thing. Uh, we back, man. Uh, another another Monday, another episode. Uh, it's a lot going on, but not a lot. Father's Day. It's Father's Day, man. Shout out to all the fathers. Um, you know, primarily the black fathers, but all the fathers. All the fathers. Yeah, man. We can't just uh segregate. You know what yeah, I'm saying? It's white fathers and Asian fathers. But you know, before a long time there weren't black fathers. Like they eradicated black well, fathers from the community. That's a that's a picture. <laughs> so, you know what I'm and saying? uh, you know, over the last uh, you know, 10, 15 years or so, um, black men have done the work. And refine themselves. Um, you know, we're making more money. We having, you know, better career aspirations. We, you know, getting our asset game up. We got our credit together and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I just want to specifically itemize and shout out the black fathers because I appreciate the fact that, um, you know, we did the work. That niggas didn't accept what society tried to exactly, do. Exactly. Exactly. Because the fix was in. The fix was bigger. Yeah, the fix was in, man. Yeah. Um, you know, fucking, you know, slavery, reconstruction, civil rights era, yeah. uh, fucking Jim, Jim Crow. Crow, the crack era. Mass incarceration, bill, yeah. Yeah, all of that shit. And, uh, you know, we, we've gotten it together, man. And, you know, we've made a determination that we're not going to be our fathers. And um, I saw today, uh, last night I saw it, uh, DeJounte Murray had a really dope video that he put on his page. Him and his father had been estranged for like the last seven or eight years. They was beefing about, you know, whatever, whatever typical shit. You know, DeJounte's like a younger guy, 24, 25 years old. So I would imagine that he was going through the same stuff that a lot of young guys go through when it's like trying to compose compartmentalize and figure out why your dad wasn't there and what happened and how come you ain't do this and blah, blah, blah. And he just basically, you know, made the determination that like, you know, I'm going to step up and, uh, you know, kind of be the adult in the situation and, you know, be, be, uh, olive branch toward mending this relationship because at the end of the day i only got one dad and his dad was his dad's birthday i think was yesterday and then you know father's day bought him like a new suburban or whatever and then they had this really dope moment and uh you know his dad was like you know crying and stuff like that and it's like you know shit made like then it made me cry because it's just like yo you know a lot of times uh you know when when people are in those like estranged parent situations we don't really be uh having our dad side of the story sometimes right 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 and uh, you know, you know, we we come up in a matriarchal society. We're one of the only uh, groups of people that that are like that, where it's like you know, the mom is everything, yeah. uh, you know, to the family. Your mother, your grandmother, your great grandmother, and all big, that. Big facts. And uh, you know, because of that, you know, we don't even take the time to get our dad's side of the story. Uh, in certain instances, we just take whatever you know, mom say, you know, as gospel, and you know, and rightfully so. Mom is the one that's there with us every day. Right. 
Um, but, you know, it's great to see a lot of black men taking a step to mend their relationships with their dads and stuff like that. Jay-Z had a similar situation years ago. You know, him and his dad, uh, you know, was estranged forever. And, you know, they had the Daddy, Where Have You Been song and all of that shit. Right. And then right after that, him and his dad mended their relationship. Siegel, same thing. He said his pop stepped to him and was like, little nigga. I'm your father, and I was here for this, this, that, and the third, and da, 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 da. And he said, from then on, you know, like, that's, you know, that's my OG. And it's like, you know, we don't necessarily, you know, it's the reason why they say stay in the kid's place. We don't necessarily yeah, be you having. Don't know that, the actual factuals. You don't have the, all the information, man, but. And uh, the one thing I've learned in life is stories always got three sides. Yep. That's just real. Without a doubt. Like, you know, if you get in one side to a story, you are normally 66% <laughs> in, the, in, the in, dark. in the dark. <laughs> real shit. Straight up, man. So just uh, shout out and salute, man, to all of the, uh, you know, the, the the young black fathers, the, you know, the middle-aged black fathers, the old black fathers, my dad. Shout out Stacy. Shout out Mr. Walt. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, all yeah. the fathers out there. Um, big, big Walt is home. Yeah, he's know? home, man. Let's he's give home. it up for that, yeah, yo. He's home, man. Let's give it up for that, man. Out of rehab. You know, he's like, I'm like, how you feeling? He's like, I'm weak, but, you know, got my refrigerator, got my yogurt, <laughs> you know. Little activity. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> activity. Yeah, you know, he's just happy to be eating. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it was driving him crazy not being able to eat. So I went in the other day, he's like, yeah, I got some mashed potatoes, I got right. some grilled chicken. You know, life is good. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It could be burst. Yeah, yeah. Because you, can, be you worse. could not have grilled chicken yeah. <laughs> mashed potatoes. Ain't no doubt yeah, about happy that. So shout out to dad, all man. the fathers worldwide. Uh, Steve will do it. Uh, he's he 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 made amends for that situation with with Perkio. He fixed that situation, and then you know I've been back watching his videos. He did some really dope shit for Father's Day. Uh, he uh, you know went around uh, with his company with Happy Dad, the Salsa Company, and um, they was you know created a bunch of Happy Dads. Okay. And uh, they went around and uh, you know gave away power washers and oh, TVs and all kind of shit. But he was giving away straight cash too. Okay. So he was like you know had people write in and stuff like that, and he was pulling up giving dads twenty thousand, twenty five thousand, thirty grand. Stuff like that. The one guy, uh, you know, he had uh, gave him like thirty grand and like a like his dream watch. He was like, he was like, no, I can't, I can't take this. And it was like a big, strong, like a you know, like Italian Greek guy, or whatever. And he like really broke down. He's like, man, I got the best son. And I'm just like, damn, like it just goes to show, like nobody really gives a fuck about dads, man. Yeah. Like, it's just like, you know, and we talk about duty a lot on the show when it comes to relationships, but, you know, duty when it comes to parenting and stuff like that. Dads don't necessarily get all the credit that they be deserving. My dad the other day was, uh, I was at the hospital kicking it with him and he was just like, yeah, man, I feel bad. You don't got me the car now. It's just sitting there because I'm not, you know, I'm driving, I'm not driving. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, well, yeah, you just got to get better. He's like, yeah, but still, it's like, I'm not, you know, just in it, like, you know, the way I'm supposed to be. And I'm like, well, it's a non-claim. What are you going to be drag racing? <laughs> right. I'm like, it's there when you need to go somewhere. Supposed to be pulling up, hopping yeah. out clean. You know what I'm saying? I'm letting you down. Yeah, you know like, what I'm saying? Relax, dad. Yeah, relax. Like, just <laughs> chill out. You know what I mean? There was, there, there was another dad on the Steve Will Do It, John, that um, it was like a guy that helped him out. Like, it was a friend's dad mm -hmm. that helped him out. Like, he shot his first videos at his house and stuff like that. And they used to go around, like, Steve doing all this crazy shit. And his dad, I guess, like, seen the vision of whatever and uh he pulled up he gave him a roly and um he gave him a new corvette oh shit and he's like no that's not my car and he's like he's like man listen he was like he's like don't ever let people tell you that you can't be whatever you want to be because i didn't think you was gonna be shit it's <laughs> 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 like now look at this you know what i'm saying so it's like yeah, that's cool you know uh, you know dads man you know they just have a different way of yeah. uh you know of, of parenting and disciplining and um you know, and because you know, especially when it comes to, to to males, because they you know they they can see themselves in us, and they kind of give us that room 
for growth and stuff like that and to make mistakes, but also, like, knock you upside your shit when you right, take right, it too right, far right, and, right. you know, do some shit that could potentially jam, you know, the whole family up. So shout out to all of the dads worldwide, man. Yeah. Um, we we, we got to start off like that. It's Juneteenth. I was about to say, uh, today is Juneteenth. Yes. Um, Freedom. Yeah. I, these, I didn't see any good Juneteenth sales. Yeah, no. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I don't know why I assume that since it's Juneteenth, I would see a sale that would be 1,865% off. <laughs> but BMWs, yeah. 1,865%. <laughs> off. I didn't see any. You know what I'm saying? I didn't see any good sales. Uh, I actually went to Sumi's Rawcast uh, Juneteenth. Picnic. Shout out Sumi. Shout out Sumi. Sumi was there looking good. Ryan. You know what I'm saying? Vanity Six. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> little little uh, Christina uh, Aguilera Moulin Rouge yeah. outfit she had we, on. We know? love it. You know, I got I, I hugged her and then turned around. They go, what's up? What's, up, what's, up, what's that about? <laughs> what's, what's going on? Tell, tell me, what's, you know it? You know that? <laughs> so, like, before this, you know it? Yeah, <laughs> like, before the day. <laughs> yeah, shout out, man. Everybody everybody was out there. Uh, uh, Phil, little sister Jazz. I've seen a bunch of people out there, man. i seen... Uh, uh, What's her name? Uh, fuck with the show all heavy. God damn it, I can't remember nobody's name right now. Everybody was out there. If yeah. you was out there, I'd seen you. Shout yeah. out to you. If you Shout was out there. to you. It was a lot of a lot of uh, big breastuses and big butts. They yeah, was out there. Definitely twerking. congrats to that. Congrats <laughs> to that. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to your mothers and shout such. out shout out to the guys from the office. Shout out Feet, Nas, Sticks, Shiz, and motherfucking Lynn. They was all out there. They uh did like 25, 30 minutes okay. on the couch. They was funny as shit. Um. They uh, shouted us out, like, you know, we're doing a show. You know, if you haven't got your tickets, yo, listen. We almost sold out, They're man. They're almost gone. It's, it's about to be this time. Yo, the it's show. be spooky hours. The show is Sunday in Brooklyn at the Knitting Factory. Everybody's pulling up. They amp. People was buying tickets at this yeah. out there about the job. But, uh, yeah, man, so pull up to that if you can. You know, everybody's like, what we doing the night before? What we doing that night? And I'm just like... <laughs> I don't, I don't. If we do something the night before, we might not make it to the show. So no more pre-parties. We already established that for D.C., but afterwards that night, we probably going to go to Pergola or whatever. Um, I'm going to reserve a table. If you're trying to, you know, kick it with us, have your money ready, but, you know, I'll put you in on we a got, reservation. We got to do that, like, in the next 40 hours. Exactly. Because it's going to, you know, need a big joint. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll, I'll I'm hit- trying to get majority of the upstairs because the upstairs is the vibe. Yeah. Like, I, I'll figure out, like, how many they got, how many we got. Like, all yeah. right. Yeah, and then you hit them and, you know, uh, what do you say on Beverly Hills Cop? I got to talk to my people and you talk to your people. <laughs> Hopefully, they don't like get fired behind this shit. All right. But uh, shout out to them, man. They was funny as shit. You know, it was good kicking it, man. Because we, yeah. we, you know, like, I, I'll speak on it. Like, we, we haven't gotten a chance to really, like, kick it. In years for yeah. whatever stupid ass reasons, and you know we old growing pains, growing pains, and we we older. You know what I'm saying? And that's one thing I I really do enjoy about life, and I'm really appreciative about is the fact that you have a chance to just be better at all times. Absolutely. And you know it, it's weird because even with feet, and you know I, I maybe I'm not supposed I don't know, but you could genuinely tell like. We missed rapping with each other. Like, yeah. you know, like we literally just walked off and was walking, talking. It was like we just started cracking the fuck up about all kinds of shit because we just haven't had a chance to do that in forever. And it took me back and it was just like, yo, let's go to Friday. Right. Like, <laughs> that's how it feel. Um, oh, I got news. Dan, you, 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 your hookah balls, John, might be in, in, uh, in question. In, in, in question. <laughs> the championship might be in Because Sticks was, Sticks was like, yo, when the fuck did you start smoking hookah? I'm like, yeah, I'm a thought now. You know what I'm saying? And then the hookah, it was windy as shit. So, you know, hookahs, it's a picnic. So yeah. there, are, there are more hookahs than 
Burgers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> At this joint. More hookahs than humans. <laughs> the hookahs kept going out because of the wind and shit. And Sticks was like, no, let me show y'all what y'all got to do. All right, first off, I need some heavy-duty foil. Go over there and get the foil off the chicken wings. You know what I'm saying? And he got the heavy-duty foil and basically made, like, a cup yeah, around an, an, an enclosure. An, an entrapment, <laughs> yeah, if you will. And I turned around, everybody was smoking. I was like, yo, that's Sticks, you, you might have to have a versus. <laughs> a hookah versus? Yeah, a hookah versus. <laughs> you just get 20 different hookah scenarios and see who can figure it out first. Why does shit not pull it? <laughs> That's funny as shit. <laughs> They're like, all right, I see you. And I'm like, I'm raising this. I was on the waterfront, nigga. <laughs> oh, oh, park wind. Yeah. You playing a game on intermediate, son. But yeah, everybody was out there. Melly was out there. Paulie, RB, you know, I, I just getting a chance to chop it. And, yeah. you know, shout uh, out to all the guys, man. Yeah, Nas' brother was there. Like, you know what I'm saying? I ain't get a chance to holler at him in a minute. We just cracking the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Like, we do. And it's just like, you know, motherfuckers, you can tell people are genuinely proud of each other. Because it's like, at the end of the day, like how we just talked about, if nothing else, society is going to try to tear us all down and tear us Every apart. Time. So it just, it's no need in us to be doing it amongst each other. And, you know, I can't really sit and debate or argue about some shit from seven years ago because at the end of the day, I'm not the person I was seven years Absolutely. ago. I might have been fucked up seven years ago, but I know I'm not that today. That would be fucking terrible. You know what I'm saying? So it was just good. It was a very, very fun atmosphere. I'm mad I missed it. I wish I would have. I didn't make the whole connection that that was Sumi's event that they was doing yeah. the John at and all of that. I thought it was like some like. The African American History Museum. Oh no! Yeah, I no. didn't really make the yeah. When I connection. when I when I got there, I'm like, yo, it's a lot of like bare titties out yeah, there. Yeah, you know I didn't, what I'm I didn't know the memories was gonna be out. Yeah, the memories. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the memories was on deck. <laughs> and even Feek was like, God damn, like it's a lot going on. I'm like, yeah, like I thought this was gonna be like uh, a Dune Day yeah. with some microphones. It was like that's exactly what I thought it was yeah, gonna be. But what it was was like. Uh, What's the girl real bad? What's her name? With Puff. The girl is with Puff. Oh, uh, uh, Carisha. Carisha. Like, we go together real bad. It's like that with <laughs> <Yeah>. some African <laughs> shit. <laughs> it was like a bunch of that going yeah. on. But, uh, yeah, man, it was fun. So, yeah, definitely come Sunday, man. Check us out. All seven of us going to be on stage. You Nas and Lynn, everybody like, yo, so what we, what we talking about? I'm like, I'm going to keep the buck with y'all, yo. We're going to have a rundown. We're going to get up there and not do none of that shit. None of that shit. None of that shit. Staying on, staying on themes of hookah, and this can tie into... I know where you want to go to start this. Uh, Drake dropped an album. Correct. And the only reason I'm saying that this goes into this, because when we were coming back from New York the other day, Dan was like, he wants to make an OVO hookah and try to get it to Drake. And I'm like, Drake smoke hookah? He's like, he's one of the biggest hookah yeah, he's smoking like the, he's a hookah enthusiast. motherfuckers on the planet. In the video that he just put out for Falling Back, he is smoking the biggest hook. I mean, like, not trying to be funny, Ozzy Wright don't got a championship <laughs> as big as this fucking hookah that he's smoking. The shit's so big, bro, it got 10 coals sitting on the top of it. Did you see it in the video? That shit is, it's as tall as him. That shit was gigantic. I was like, yo, that's the biggest hookah I've ever seen in my life. No bullshit, the, the, the part with the... Uh, Actual tobacco in it. Like, you know how they normally are, like, fitting your hand? Yeah. No, it was like a bowl yeah. covered with foil, <laughs> and it was literally, like, ten big-ass coals. It was like Kingsford coals <laughs> sitting on it. I was like, yo, that's the biggest hookah I've ever seen in my life. Bake, bake some chicken on that coal. Bake some motherfucking brisket <laughs> on a slow roast something on there. But anyway, Jersey dropped an album. 
that was everybody's response <laughs> right, to the right, to the album. Right, right. We 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 bought a bill of goods that we we didn't read the bill. Yeah, we didn't we didn't read the manifest. We didn't the look at the invoice. We we. Everybody just we heard saw, new Drizzy. We heard new Drizzy after hearing new Push, new Kendrick, new Future, and we thought, oh, we about to lock the motherfucking summer up. Yeah, it's over. And it was the, it was for summer in Latvia. I you know I have to go to a Push or T concert this week. Oh really? Kevin Dunbar are making me go. Did you know that's how bad this week was as a Drake fan? Like know, I'm going to a Pusha <laughs> T concert. Did you know that the Clips reunited on stage yeah, last night for the yeah. first time in ten years at yeah. something in the water? The Clips mm-hmm. and Pharrell, that was dope, man. Apparently, it's gonna be a new Clips album soon. I guess the the statute of limitations has run. Yeah, yeah. Tony G uh, is out of prison. <laughs> Ain't nobody else to tell on. You know what I'm saying? So we getting a new Clips album. So shout out to that. We saw Drake dropping an album. We saw the title. Honestly, never mind. I'm like, hmm. Immediately, the internet started interneting. Yeah. People was like, have anybody picked up on the fact that Certified Lover Boy came out nine months ago and all the bitches was pregnant on the album cover and now he's dropping an album nine months later called Honestly, Never Mind? I'm like, y'all got so much time. Yes. Jesus Christ. And we saw it and then we saw the track list and we saw songs like Text Go Green and, you know, Liability. And I'm just like, oh, this is going to be classic. You to flame these hoes up. Toxic Drake. And the album started and I, I ain't going to hold you. I thought I'd hit the wrong thing. Yeah, I thought I was listening to uh, the soothing sleep sounds yeah. when I heard the intro come on. I had to play the intro seven times to understand that that's just the intro. I thought it was a pink <laughs> album. Like, it, it was... It was it was it was a bit strange. So where are you at with the so, album now? Being you being able to sit with I've it. I've lived with the album for the last uh, three four days, three four days or whatever. Um, and just try to walk with me because um, I got this whole thing mapped out and diagrammed. I've I've put a lot of thought into this. I'm gonna smoke my hookah and listen to you. Um, one of the knocks on Drake throughout his career has been the cope the cope, cope cultural appropriation trope. Mm-hmm. And I never understood it because the way I view cultural appropriation is you participate in something strictly for profit while not giving credit to the creators or the originators of said genre, whether it be fashion, music, et cetera. And one thing that I can give Drake credit and salutes for is that when he did Afrobeat or he did, uh, you know, Latin music or he did whatever Drakey thing that he was doing at the moment, he worked with the biggest and best people of that respective industry. So for that point alone, I could never get with the cultural appropriation thing because he would give people their credit. When he did a Memphis song, he's jumping on a Tay Keith beat with a uh, uh, Block Boy JB. When he does um, an Afro beat song, he's doing it with uh, with uh, Wizkid. When he does uh, some reggae shit, he working with Popcorn and Buju Bantan and, like, all of the different people of the industry, giving Beanie Man his props and stuff like that. So with that in mind, I could never get with that point that people were trying to make about him. When it comes to this album, the main theme that I took away from it was cultural appropriation, and I will explain why. Going through the album... It's a Drake album featuring nobody until you get to the very last song but 21 Savage. Right. The loophole that he's kind of gliding in on. Go ahead. Real, not to, to, But did you see the tweet where it was like, 
all the features he had? Yeah, it was fake. Some okay, just, uh, 300 yeah. person page made that up. Okay. <laughs> and somebody that's retarded sent it to me. Right. <laughs> it got me riled up. And then I was like, hold on, wait a minute. Back the truck up. Because I saw it and I was just like, yo, where are these features that yeah, were supposed there, to be? It was, it was featureless. So to the cultural appropriation point, um, you know, this, this album is categorized as a dance album. And the reason why Matt said we bought a bill of goods that we didn't ask for is because nobody read the genre. No. We just, Drake... You make rap and R&B, like, even if it's a toxic R&B <laughs> album, we here for whatever. We didn't expect a dance album. Um, and the reason why I'm saying I can get with the cultural appropriation point is because labeling it a dance album, in reality, it's really like world music. Right. And that encompasses a lot of different genres. So it's pop, electronic, synth, dance, club, EDM, bachata, reggaeton, and Latin, all under that banner of international or world-based music. Right. So when I think of that type of music, I think of the leaders of the industry. I think of Tiesto. I think of um, J Balvin, Bad Bunny, mm -hmm. uh, the Kid Leroy, like people like that that make... Is Jason Derulo in it? Sort Not of. Not really, but sort, sort of. of. Yeah. This shit is more straight... Pop, pop with some R&B. I like, think they call it uh, 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 rhythmatic. Rhythmatic, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So Q102 right. format yeah. music. Top 40 all the time. Exactly. Yeah. So with that being said, it's like to basically see that there are no features. So essentially, there's nobody for you to give props to, whether directly or indirectly, because you want this motherfucker by yourself. So the fact that if you're trying to bring attention to a genre, which he did because he had the biggest streaming dance album in history in one hour, mm -hmm. whether you're trying to bring attention to something directly or indirectly, the best way to do so is to collaborate and uh, feature the people that are already standing tall in that industry. There was none of that. You know what I'm saying? Essentially, a lot of the producers that he worked with, Carnage was the, the biggest one. He's got 40 <laughs> on, on like two songs. He got a guy named Black Coffee, which is like a South African DJ on a couple songs or whatever. But then when I look at and I see the 10 best electronic music producers, they're absent from this album, which is Disclosure. They produced the Latch song with uh, with uh, Sam Smith. Uh, all to sure. Uh, Olafur Arnolds, uh, Richard Devine, Robert Hood, uh, Caribou, Kink, Nicholas Jar, Daniel Avery, um, and Arca are considered the were, were ranked and considered the top ten electronic music producers of 2021 by Music Radar. Right. So with that in mind, it's like you're not working with none of them. Right. So essentially, what you've done is you're working with producers that are like. In that lane, but not really. And you're like, I'm doing a, I'm doing a electronic album, a synth album, whatever. These are the type beats that I want to make. So instead of working with the people that already make those type of beats, mm -hmm. you're pushing your hand selected crew of producers to make these type of beats. So that's so two points so far. We already the production is lacking because it's not the biggest and best in the industry. And then number two, there's no features from the artists in that that, that, that are in that genre already. Um, so with all of that being said, it's like, yo, if the music ended up being amazing, nobody gives a shit mm -hmm. because to the victor goes the spoils. 
But when I listen to this music, it doesn't reach the level of the best music in the genre. It's funny how you just said Disclosure had to join with Sam Smith Latch. And I think about how good Latch was. Like, I sing it like I'm one yes. of them niggas. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? And there's nothing on here that's even remotely close. It doesn't reach that level. To Latch, like, yeah. um, think about the song uh, Stay with uh, the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. Uh, just uh, the killer where he has another song that I've been playing like nonstop the last few days, and I'm just like, none of this is as good as that, right? So, you know, and we talk a lot about trying not to compare stuff to right. blah blah blah, but when you break new ground, I have no choice but to compare you to the leaders of the industry. Um, I even think about somebody like Olivia Rodrigo, who put out the album Sour uh, last year. It was like one of the, the biggest selling album of 2021 and all of that shit. And she had the song. Um, what the fuck is the name of the song? Um, you know, I don't know. I was just listening to it earlier. Um, Good for you. And. That song ran Billboard for like 30 weeks and shit like that. And I'm just like, yo, there's nothing on this album that is going to approach that level. Now, don't get me wrong. There are good songs on here. But essentially, he sang and rapped to the same beat for 10 out of 13 songs. Throw the intro out, and then you got the, the one super rap song at the end with 21 Savage. But for the remaining... 13 songs, 10 of them are essentially like the same beat. So it's like, at that point, it's like, all right, this is like diet, like world music, diet, like uh, EDM slash trap music, not rap trap music. Mm-hmm. Like, And I'm just kind of like, all right. So it's like, I didn't listen to the album every way you can. I listened to it front to back, back to front, start in the middle, end up at the end, jump back to the beginning, whatever, whatever. And from that, I got Sticky, uh, Jimmy Cook's, Keeper and Currents. Like those, that's pretty much what I got that is like, all right, I feel this. I like Sticky. I like Texaco Green. I like Liability. I like Currents. I, I love Currents. Currents is good. Like if you could, if I could mute the squeak, the bed squeaking on Currents is perfect. Like it's a great record. Uh, but I think that the biggest thing that's missing from this album is soul. Mm-hmm. There is no soul. The reason why the Sam Smith and Disclosure record works so good is because it's soul. It makes you feel something. It, it's it's crazy because, I, I you know, I don't listen to new music when it comes out, the night it comes out. I yeah. don't, I've, get, I've stopped doing that a long time ago. And one thing I've realized with Drake, and I think Drake deals with it in a manner that no one else really does, is his detractors or his non-fans are more anxious to hear his music than the people who actually oh, like yeah. him. And it's worse than any other artist. Like, no one does that in that manner with Future, where it's like, Future drops at 12 o'clock at 12.15. People are like, this is garbage. Yeah. And I saw that <laughs> happen the other night, and I'm just like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll talk to y'all tomorrow. Yeah. When I, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm just not doing it. And I got up, and I listened to it, and I just was like, yeah, this this isn't what I expected. Yeah. And then when I was able to go back and be like, oh, this is a dance album. Okay. So I kind of just... Now you get in dance album mode. I, I don't because I don't okay. listen to dance albums. <laughs> yeah. So what I have the album, like people was like, yo, I can't wait to hear you, you, what you grade the album. I have N.A. Right. <laughs> that's the best I can do because I... But that's good because you're basically acknowledging that you're not skilled enough in the genre to register that, That's what I was about to say. I don't have enough dance 
uh, knowledge to be like, oh, no, well, this, you know, I, like, I don't. Every If you've listened to the show now long enough, you know my rap knowledge is out of this world. Off so I, I can argue rap a lot. Like, I can argue metaphors and similes. I can argue cadence. I can argue flow. I can argue beat selection. I can argue world building. Like, literally, my man, I remember having a conversation with him about Carter V. And he was like, man, Carter V wasn't like Carter II and Carter III. I'm like, it wasn't because the world wasn't at the place they was with Lil Wayne when Carter II and Carter III dropped. But I'm like, when you listen to Carter V, Wayne did world building on Carter 5 that was better than any of the shit he did on Carter 2 and Carter 3. Yeah. I'm like, just open. And absolutely better than Carter 4. Look at Mona Lisa with Kendrick. Like, like that that's a world building record where you paint that picture so vividly. You can put your hands up. Liv, you can put your hands down. He turned around, put the gun to his front. Like, he, that's some good ass yeah. rapping. You look at like open letter. You know what I'm saying? Naked bitches really love ones. Sometimes the loved ones don't love us. I'm fucking more than I'm making love. Sometimes I make my rubber wear rubber. He he just was flowing. Mm-hmm. I can do that all day. But with dance, I don't I don't dance. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't have a TikTok. Yeah. I don't know what to grade this album against. So I kind of just was like, yo, I listened to it. It ain't for me. And I I I, I put take care on. Yeah. Just to, you know what I'm saying? And I look at those type of records. It's funny how you just said the soul. And I had this conversation with somebody the other day because he was like, bro, you a Drake fan. Yeah, he's like, I listen to y'all show. You and Chad both Drake fans. He don't know you, but he like, y'all both Drake fans. Yeah. At what point is we going to admit it that Drake is like falling off? And I'm like, I don't think it's necessarily falling off. I think that when you get into a space that not many other people can get into. Give yourself new challenges. You're kind of in that space alone. Mm-hmm. Like, not trying to be funny. Drake just got an undisclosed amount deal from Universal, right? He wasn't lying. When he was like, Lucian Grange, give me whatever. He wasn't lying. There are people on the internet, academics, rap radar, all these different journals, where they're trying the same thing with the LeBron uh, deal with Nike, trying to basically figure out the terms. They're trying to back into the number. And from what I've seen, everybody who's in the know is is estimating that the deal is between 350 to 500. That's the number I keep seeing, which would make sense because if they were giving, think about Future got a buck 40. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got shit like that where it's like, Future is huge. Future ain't Drake. So if Future got a buck 40, I know Drake ain't get 38. You know what I'm saying? We do know that. We know that. We have to know that Drake's the biggest artist on the planet. Anybody arguing that is out of their minds. So if Future got a buck 40 and Uzi got 60 and, you know, these different things, fucking Weekend got 90 for a tour. I'm pretty sure that Drake's deal is upwards of 400, 450, maybe even $500 million. He said 500. So if you have a $500 million record deal, you got to understand there's no other rapper rapping who even can get, who even can get the access to $500 million. Like your favorite money bag, yo, and little baby and all of them. They're like still carrying cash. You know what I'm saying? That money is different. When you cross over into that Jay-Z puff daddy, when the fuck the last time you seen Jay-Z with a brick of money and you ain't, you ain't, (laughs) Jay wear pants that don't have pockets. Them Puma Jones don't have a lot of pockets. Yeah, Jay has reached that level where Kanye said, where it's like, your money is no good here. Oh. Like, you're Jay, you don't have to pay for anything. Like, it's all on a... One, this, this one, one thing like, my man Ross used to say was, that he was like, I, I, I dream all the time about getting little chain rich. And I'm like, what? And he was like, you ever notice when rappers start getting money, the chains become obnoxiously big, but then when the money get real, it's like a little chain, a little cross, a little Jesus. CIA certified. 
It's like, yeah, it's like that shit where it's just Look like. Look at the chain Kevin Hart been wearing the last like two years. You see what I'm saying? Look <laughs> at LeBron, the little uh, lion heads and shit. Like you don't got to wear a big ass chain to say Bron. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then you look at somebody like uh, uh, Jason uh, Tatum. He got a big ass JT. Anthony Edwards got a big ass AE. Football niggas a big ass 81. Yeah, I'm 81. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to do that when you reach the point of like a. Look at even uh, Marshawn Lynch. Like when your face recognizable all over, you don't have to do these things. And I look at Drake where it's just like, bro's literally. This is the best way I could describe Drake's career. You remember when Fresh Prince had literally gotten to the point where it was like, okay, this was the number one urban show on the planet. Like even when Martin was out, Fresh Prince ratings just not they just dominated everything. Couldn't comp- no nobody could compete. And they had a show on NBC. It's just what it is. And Will Smith had gotten to the point where it was like, I'm gonna start doing movies. So Will Smith jumped out there with six degrees of separation, right? Legend of Bagger Vance, all these different Jones. And then in '94, Independence Day hit. That movie did nine hundred million dollars. Will Smith is a bona fide movie star. Bad Boys hit in '95. He's the he's the shit. So him still doing Fresh Prince in 96, it was like, yo, I'm doing this because, you know, it's what made me yeah. household and face and recognizable. Y'all need to check. Right. <laughs> There's 87 right. people working on this right. show. Y'all can use the it, money. It, made, I don't me, need it this. made me house and face recognizable. And I look at the last episode of Fresh Prince where it was like, remember he came in that living room and it was completely empty and it was like, damn, this shit really over. Like, it's empty. I'm in because and what I took away from that was I'm in a new space that's just not. I'm not I'm not in this space no yeah, more. I've outgrown in, it. I've outgrown it. But I look at Drake, he's in a he's like the end of Fresh Prince where he's in that living room and nothing else is in there, but he likes it. Yeah. Like he likes being in this space because he has like true freedom to just do and say whatever. Yeah. Like Drake, let's keep it a buck. Drake lost the the whole shit with Pusha T and it he got bigger. He got richer. He got richer. <laughs> he got more successful. He did more plaques. He did bigger records. Like, since that record came out, Drake has, like, seven number one records. And he has, like, two of the biggest records in the history of Earth. Yeah. And you made the point prior to all of that that the main knock on him was he's a great artist. He performs. He sells. And this and this and this. He can't make a number one record. And now that's literally all the fuck he does. Like, not trying to be funny. Like, if you go on RIAA's website, right, and you look at certifications for records, do you know what the number one record is as far as certifications? Sickle mode? No, it's Despacio. Despacio. Oh, Despacito. Despacito. It's like 75 million. That, that's <laughs> number one. You know what number two is? Gasolina. You know what's in the top five? God's plan and sickle mode. Yeah. Like Drake after the battle, well, the, the 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 diss tracks, he dropped two of the biggest records ever created. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's just in a spot now where it's like, I can't lose. I can't, you know what I'm saying? So he's just doing shit. This Playing album makes money. This album they said is projected to do 250,000 first week. This man just did a dance album with no fucking uh, uh, media, no fucking backing, no nothing, and is about to have the number one record in the country again. Yeah. And it's gonna do. It's gonna end up platinum. And you know, I just more so look at it where it's just like I fucks with Drake. Y'all know I'm yeah. a Drake fan, but this album is not for me, and I probably will not listen to it's it. It's not again. for a lot of people. And what I would say is that. Um, the discourse that people are attempting to create around the album 
to make some like elitist separatism. That was going to be my y'all weird for of the why they like the album or why people don't like the album is strange. I saw people like, you know, see what it is, is this album ain't for you to be blasting in your car riding on the Ave. This album sort of rooftops in, in Brazil and the motherfucking, you know, waterfront parties in Ibiza. And I'm like, you have never been to Brazil. You don't have a passport. You have never been to any of these places. You don't even have a real ID. You can't even get the uh, uh, come uh, next January. You can't go to Missouri, nigga. I'm, I'm, you don't even have a real ID. I'm not like, trying. I'm not trying to be funny. You know where I was at a little over a month ago? I was in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. You know what we did when we was in Abu Dhabi? We partied on the motherfucking top floor roof deck of the W in Abu Dhabi. You know what song they played while I was up there? Nonstop. <laughs> like, they playing the hot shit wherever. Yeah. Like that whole the hot shit is cutting through. Yeah, wherever. that that whole oh, this is for the rooftop. And I'm like, man, I was in the rooftop in the Emirates, nigga. They was playing rap shit. They played uh, what's it called? Uh, 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 post another nigga money probably won't put that past them. Uh, what the fuck is that? Uh, oh, uh, money bag yo, John said something. Yeah, they played that shit yeah. on the roof in fucking Abu Dhabi. Listen, so it's like man. that whole oh, you 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 not gonna feel this music because you ain't never experienced being in the mother. And it's just like man, I done been in every first class five star situation you could be in. <laughs> they playing that shit. Yeah, seriously. I was, I was just in Cabo for my birthday in March. I was in Barcelona yeah. three weeks prior in February for my girl. You told birthday. me you went to the John, you went to, the, uh, what was the club you said you went to in Spain? It was like being in the club in Miami. And oh, shit. uh, I remember uh, when you showed me. You, yeah, like, and it's like, yeah, they not, they playing the They hot was playing shit. fucking 50 Cent in no, the club, and no. the, they was playing everything. No. But you know what the number one song was? And this is the holy grail of world music. It was the number one song in Barcelona and the number one song in Cabo. Yeah, I heard that shit a lot. Peppa. As soon as it dropped, y'all gonna know. Y'all know I heard that before. Yeah, I definitely heard this while I was over there. Fast and the Furious music. It's like that's that's the number one, like that's the modern day Despacito uh-huh. Gasolina. Like that is the number one song in the world international music genre, bar none. Like my, my homie was trying to like make, go to Vesper. That's the number one song. He was like, trying to make the whole you know. Oh, see y'all! Y'all just don't understand, you know, the 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 dance world and the and the and the uh, the, the what they call it the um. House world, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, okay, let's look at Little John, right? Little John is one of, to my opinion, he's one of the best producers ever. You know why? Because Little John has records like Freak-A-Leak, right? Which is like a nigga party right. twerk anthem. Then he has a record like Too Short John, Blow the Whistle, which is another nigga twerk party Play it at the... But it's different. But it's different. You know what I'm saying? Then you got Little John who got like gully shit, like real nigga roll call with Ice Cube or Put Your Hood Up with Ludacris. Or stand I mean, up. Uh, Put Your Hood Up or B.I.B.I. with Ludacris. Or Stand, stand Up with T.I. and Wayne. Then he got the party tracks like with the Ying Yang Twins, Salt Shaker and all of that shit. But I look at Little John where it's like, 
Little John hauled off and he went over into the motherfucking uh because I know you understand this shit. You see what I'm saying? Like when you got these when you doing house music, EDM, dance shit, then it's like, oh, okay, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Where it's undeniable. And nothing but a side. Turn down for what? Like and, and 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 that's more so what I was telling him, where it's like, people have gone over and done damn shit, and they gave you shit that's, like, impactful and gonna last forever. I literally got to the point where I was telling my homie, I'm like, dog, I got a Drake playlist that I created. Drake got a song that's like these songs that's better than all. What's poppin', guys? It's Jay Jonah here from Blowing Smoke. If you're a fan of fun, insightful, and breakthrough conversations, then be sure to check out and subscribe to The Blowing Smoke Podcast, a show that covers life experiences and firsthand testimonies from some of your biggest names in your favorite industries. And it's all brought to you exclusively right here by The Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators. Because he got this shit. They're literally singing in Spanish. Yes. Like, and it's just like, yo, you got songs like MIA already. There's nothing on there that sounds anything mm-hmm. remotely close to that. There's no motherfucking turn down for what on this joint. It's been done a lot. You got tons of rappers like, look at uh uh E-40, where he's talking gutter Oakland shit and all his jokes and hauls off with Little John and does a motherfucking ghost ride the whip, ghost ride the like the hyphy movement. Yeah. It was like, yeah, we could do a house bounce-ass record, but Drake didn't do that on this joint at all. He sang in that same fucking monotone that pissed me off for 10 songs, and the ones that he delivered on, he delivered on. But a lot of those songs is just it's just music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And what I can say is that like back to the soul point, like my favorite album of 2022, I don't even think I've said this, and I'm doing her and me a disservice by not saying it. Ella May's album is amazing. Okay. Like, and the the best work on that album, just another love song, don't fuck this up. They make you feel something. Like there's an emotional connection to those records where you gotta play them nine times in a and row. And that's the drum my homie was on where it was like Drake kind of falling off because he don't make that stick to your ribs shit no more. And I'm just like, I think he's just in a different place. Yeah. Where it's like, look at Jay-Z. And Jay-Z had to address it. Like, yo, look, buy my old albums if you want that drug dealer street yeah. shit. Like, I'm not doing that. I, I literally have a fucking meeting with Budweiser in the morning. Yeah. I have to talk about that. And, and like, in, sh- in shooting Drake some bail, I can say confidently... This is not an indication of, like, the future of Drake. No. This is a pocket that he's just in some shit he did. right now. I was there with, was no I'm promotion. With, I'm there with was... Carnage. I'm with Black Coffee. I'm doing this, 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 and this. And we caught a vibe, and we made 13 records. That's like, it. It was the same shit as What a Time to Be Alive. Nothing more, nothing less. Academics, it's just some shit we did. Academics made the point that it's like, this is essentially a mixtape, but because he has this big-ass deal, we're going to call it an album. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's a collection of songs. And if he fucking peppers it with a Bad Bunny, a J Balvin, a Kid Leroy, a Weekend feature, da-da-da-da-da, he sells 700,000 with this shit. But the problem was it's so flat and monotone as far as his delivery and his vocal performance is the worst part of the album. Even when he's saying the Drake shit that Mm -hmm. we like, 
his vocal performance is so monotone and so flat that what's going to happen is when these records go into the HQ beach clubs and the Hakkasans and all that, because I be in these places, mm-hmm. unlike a lot of y'all that's faking, I be in these spots. They're going to, what the, what the DJs are going to do is they're going to strip his vocal and put their own production under it and beef it up and make it palatable right. for the proper BPM because it's not turned down for what? It's not shots. It's right. not. Oh, I forgot about shots. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's not that. And it's like you have people that have gone into that dance world from hip hop and dominated. Timberland and Justin Timberlake made two albums that were essentially. We going from motherfucking R&B mm-hmm. to EDM dance synth music, Future Sex Love Songs, and Timberland Shock Value album, and both of them are classics. You had a hip-hop producer, hip-hop slash R&B producer, a goat of that shit that went into that and did that shit so good that 50 Cent was like, I need one of those. Yeah. Ayo Technology, I need one of yeah. those. You see what I'm saying? So it's like there's people that are that participate in something passively that they like and then there's people that affect change in the industry and they become part of the new standard right and that is the difference from this drake entry into the dance world versus like fucking jay balvin i mean bad bunny got an album out right now that's crushing fucking billboard right. at 275 the first week he's selling a bean every week right since like killing that fucking latin reggaeton world but it's just like because it's 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 genre is latin it don't get the credit that it's really international music and it falls under this bigger banner and 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 because of that drake gets the credit of he got the biggest dance album of the year when in reality you don't right you don't you do not and i just think that you know again shooting him a little bit of bail because that's my guy like I think that he's so bored with rap that he's reached the Kanye West part of the simulation where it's like, let's just try some shit. But when Kanye was trying shit and he made like 808s, it was amazing. It was a masterpiece. And then when he made Yeezus, it was intentionally made to troll the audience and sound bad. Like he wanted people to hate the album and people were smart enough to go through the progression of the songs and realize like, oh shit, Bound 2's on here, Blood on the Leaves is on here, uh, this song is on here. And when we was at the fucking concert in December, what was the biggest fucking uh, reaction that Kanye West got? Uh, Shit, to me it was when he did that fucking... New Slaves, they went crazy they for went that. They went crazy for that, and that's on Yeezus. They went crazy for Blood on Leaves. And what else? Black Skinhead. Black, the Black Skinhead. That's what I was thinking of. Not New Slaves. Black Skinhead. But that's three I couldn't, songs. Remember I was like perplexed yeah. at it? I was like, what the fuck? But like, that's three songs from an album that's universally regarded as his worst album, and it's so jarring that people are just like, ah, what the fuck was he on? But in time, it became one of his best performing albums, and that tour was his best tour. Right, right. The Yeezus tour yeah. was his best tour. It was a fucking amazing like, so it's just like, that's an album where it's like somebody is really actually ahead of the curve. I don't think that Drake is ahead of the curve in producing an album like this. Right. I just think that he he was an admirer and a liker of the music, and he realized I'm in some of these spaces, and I'm not hearing as much of my music as I'd like to hear. I'm going to make something catered to these audiences in these yeah. spaces. And what's going to happen is his vocals going to get stripped. They're going to beef up the production, da 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 make their own remixes and shit like that. And that's something that will live on forever once the Tiestos and 
all of them start making their own remixes right. to these Drake records and, and I, the Calvin Harris's and David Guetta's and all of that shit. And I told my homie, I'm like, because he was done the whole Drake falling off. I'm like, Drake dropped Lemon Pepper Freestyle last year. That to me was some of the best rapping we've heard in a long while. Yeah. Because Drake like Jay-Z. I'm at a point where I'm rich enough and doing a bunch of shit that y'all ain't doing that I can speak in a manner that which a lot of y'all really can't. And when Drake get in that spot where he decides I'm giving y'all like bars, like there's none of y'all that can, you're like, and I told him, I'm like, bro, the lemon pepper freestyle, that nigga started that shit by saying, um, my heart just turned purple. 360 up front, it all comes full circle. Class photographs, Linda had me on my, I mean, uh, Sandra had me on my Urkel. Like, the, the, like, I was like, tell my homie, like, do you understand how ridiculous that line? That's the first line. That nigga, the whole knock on Drake for his career was what? You push it to you. You signed the one nigga who signed, signed to another, another nigga, nigga that signed the two niggas. Now that's bad luck. Like you in a terrible 360 deal. Drake say, yo, the shit all come full circle. 360 up front. Now he got a $360 million deal. You know what I'm saying? And he, the whole my heart just turned purple. Like, Urkel is selling weed now, and it's called Purple Urkel. And I'm just like, that's the first line, dog. He said, I took two mil out the cage down in the desert. Matthew Maddox calling the pit boss double checking. The number's all good. Just pay me. I'm at the Rondo. In real life, my whole fam goons like Rollo. One truck in front of me, one behind me to follow. I'm like, niggas don't even know who Matthew Maddox is. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? Because I didn't at the time. That's the CEO of the win. <laughs> like, yeah, Matthew Maddox calling the pit boss. Like, is you this sure? You, right? Is this right? <laughs> like, is this right? Am I hearing this right? Like, dog. And I'm like, tell him, like, niggas are listening to rap and just not even know what a motherfucker really on. That nigga said we had brunch with the judge we appearing before. Private villas only. I don't go near a resort. We want everything galore. Not I just, just lyric galore. galore. <laughs> and then, and then... Fuck the rapping. The nigga had the presence of mind to say, I'm so far ahead of the game. I don't got to pad my stats by adding that three-pack to Certified Lover no. Boy to boost the album sales. No. Because that would have been another 300,000 sales no. that got added to the first week because those I'm songs like, debuted when, one, when, two, three. When, when Drake get in his rap bag, he he's firing off at, a, at, a, at another place that like most people just aren't. And he's dog whistling to a community of rappers that really can only understand what the fuck he's saying. Yeah. The Rick Rosses, the Pusha T's, the Little Wayne's, the Jay Z's. Like certain niggas is is only going to get those certain points of references because their lifestyle matches where his is at. His little, he said, you, you you know, let me get a lemon pepper order, please. You got to get a link before you order these. Like. <laughs> all kinds of little asshole shit on there and it's like that's what we expected when we heard oh drake's dropping it's gonna yeah. be some asshole raps like i like honestly i went back and i was listening to scorpion a couple weeks ago and yo i ain't gonna hold you yo scorpion got a lot of good fucking records on it, and it's just yeah. i don't know where people was in that that push people were in the hate drake mode and it's just like you know all of this disorder no addressing the crown is broken in pieces but there's more in my possession but there's more to my yeah there's more in my possession there's a whole lot in my possession. Who do you really love? Well, that's sure to be in question. My Mount Rushmore is me with four different, different expressions. expressions. Who's giving out this much return on investment? After this summer, man, how is that even a question? After my run, man, how is that even a question? I've had real Philly niggas try to write my ending, taking shots with the goat, and we talking about, about shots, shots that, that we send it. That nigga get ridiculous <laughs> on Did you see sex. a picture with him and Jay-Z <laughs> two days later? <laughs> I'm 
taking shots with the goat. We talk about shots that we sending. Like real shit. It's like Drake getting that bag. He just he can go. And that's kind of where we were all at. Like, oh, Drake about to, you know, go full Drake. And then you realize that it was to me. I think the thing with this album is it was more of a letdown for people's emotions yes. in the moment. People were emotionally invested because there's a lot of music out right now that's, like, not connecting. No. And we was like, Drake is here to save the summer. Right. And now the summer just going to stink. Yeah. <laughs> like, more murders. We, like, murders. More death and shout terribleness. Out, shout out Lil Baby. Uh, he put out the uh, – he, he remixed Jeezy record, You Dig, which is one of my favorite records of all time. He remixed that, put that out with V's and 42 Doug. And it's like, baby, you are our last hope. Yeah. <laughs> you are our last hope, dog. Like, <sighs> Doug in jail. Dirk about to put his deluxe out Friday. Uh, other than that, man, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's, what's on the horizon. Young Boy album come out in uh, – in August, we might have to start rapping. Like, yeah, right. We might gotta gotta get. I might gotta get back in the stew. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know who's who's supplying the vibe. I told you before, one of my favorite rappers is Moneybag Yo. Like I like Moneybag Yo. Yeah. I listen a lot. That, that, uh, I still play. He's uh, taking the Fab Crown. Nobody gives him credit. He's taking Fab's crown as like the social media reference rap king. I give you that. Yeah. He and he don't do it as cheesy as Fab no. did. He don't telegraph his punches. I, I like with Money Bag Yo getting that back. What's it, Jody said? Uh, I'm looking like William, but these are my girlfriends. <laughs> 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 like just the fact that he had enough awareness to like play off of the fact yeah, that then people, he did the video. It was yeah, it was Will, dressed like William from <laughs> the Fat William, <laughs> the Fat William. I'm looking like William, but these are my girlfriends. Like that's real shit. And I like him. Yeah, I don't like niggas. I don't like bitches. I don't like nobody. Like that. that I don't like nobody. We can keep it cultured. We can get gangster. How you, you want to go about it? it? Like real <laughs> shit. Ain't no backtracking. Fuck that. I don't miss nobody. Like I fuck with money back, yo. When he yeah. getting that back, I like uh the bull from New York too. Uh, New York City, please go. Oh, Fabio. Fabio. I like Fabio him was too. that nigga, yo. Salute to Fabio. We talked I about. I with Fabio just for getting on a Drake track and like it just he he don't change. That That's Fabio him. City Girls record is so fucking fire. The Fabio Nicki Minaj record is so fucking yeah. fire. Like he got so much shit right now in the marketplace, but it's like, yeah. Yeah, and Fabio knocked that shit out the park. Yeah, you got to give Nikki credit how she just catch a wave every year, no matter what's going on. And the she thing just... with Nikki is Nikki can super duper rap. She's just a strange person. Yeah, <laughs> and her doing all of this strange shit is like she had an opportunity to be like the female rap ambassador, right. and just her just being a strange person just ruined it. Yeah, like, yeah, I give you that. She just ruined it, man. But all in all, to wrap it up, like I said, I. I, I don't see me playing this Drake album much. You know, I, I I'm a, look... I'm going I'm to keep, keep what I need, and I'm going to discard the rest. It's you know, simple as that. I look at Drake got songs throughout his catalog, like, how you say, the soul. Like, Drake got the real her, where it's just like, you know, people around you should really have nothing. Like, them records where it's like immediately when you hear it, it puts you in this place. You know, he got Teenage Fever. He got uh, Fire and Desire. He got these Jones... That it's just like, I don't need any of this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and what, like I said, man, he's missing that intangible that like made Scissor's Control album one of the best albums of all. Like that's what it's missing to the point where five years later she can put the deluxe out. Like right. shit like that. You know what I'm saying? That's when you know you got that shit. Mm -hmm. Like five years. Oh, yeah. Anniversary. We're going to put the deluxe out. Excuse me? Right. Yeah, it's a couple more songs and shit that, you know, right. y'all didn't get to hear. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's real. And we know he's capable of it. But it's just like I said, I just think he just, 
he rich as fuck. He's successful. He's a world traveler. He's in these places and spaces, and he's not hearing enough Drake. And he said, let me put something that's in this format. But the problem is, it's still not going to cut through. Yeah. Like, because it's not as good as, I just I just named y'all endless records. Yeah. Kid Leroy, fucking Daddy Yankee, Bad Bunny, J Balvin. Yeah. Like, it's, it's too much shit. For Faruko, like, it's too much shit that's already, like. Shit, neat shit. Noriega and Nina Sky. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just better records out there. You know what I mean? But, yeah, all in all, like I said, I I, I can't grade it. I give it an N.A. I, I give it a 5 out of 10. I can't do anything with it. I, I, I don't listen to dance music. It's not my twist. I don't, uh, you know, I, I have nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As the local TRPE world music connoisseur, I'm giving it a five out of ten. You know okay. what I'm saying? That's admirable. That's, and because the songs that I like, I like enough to not, it pulls up the score. The craziest part is, is like Drake had a, had a real opportunity to like cement light skin. Yo. As like a. I have a, let, let's talk about that. Because Steph Curry won a finals MVP 40 minutes before that album dropped. (laughs) And it was like, Drake could have took this shit on home. What is with, and I want Dan to participate in this too. Uh What is with these rappers? Dan, where's your mic at? We gotta get your mic at. Yeah, these goats of the industry that have the clear lane to 360 reverse tomahawk this shit. And just don't. And they just do a regular standard layup. Like, J. Cole did it. He fucking put his album out, a good album, and then he went to play basketball in Africa. Right. Kendrick Lamar did it. He put his fucking album out, and the album stinks. Yeah. And then the nigga fucking went to Ghana for a month and a half. Drake had an opportunity to do it. He put the best rap verse of the year out on Churchill Downs, and then he put out a fucking dance album. Yeah. Does nobody want the crown? And, yo, it's so weird because, like, you know, I've said it before, Churchill Downs rapping is just... Phenomenal. It's God tier. It, it's it's God tier rap, yo. When you really, really get into that shit, it's really, really God tier. And yeah, you set us up like, you know, hearing that and then, oh, Drake about to drop an album. Oh, shit. And then you get there and you just like, you ever see that meme with the old black guy? He's just like, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it was. Like, what the fuck is going on, yo? And, you know, I, I just look at it like this. It's It's a... I ain't going to necessarily call it a fumble. Like he fumbled the bag or fumbled the ball or whatever. Nah, because he, he he pivoted out of the industry. It's like a, it's an incomplete. He's going to make the money. Yeah, it's an incomplete. I, I more so have it as an <laughs> N.A. Because it's like, dog. And I, I, I think I even. Yeah, just trying shit. Yeah, just not fucking. See what we on today, you know what I'm saying? And I look at, I think I even tweeted. I'm like, yo, Steph Curry winning a fucking finals MVP and Drake dropping an album in the same hour is not my fucking, that's not the world I want to live in. Like as a dark skin nigga, like this is crazy. And you know, it, it kind of put a damper on the end of Steph Curry shit. Yeah. It's like, bro, I, I thought Drake was going to like sneak in a Steph Curry line. Like, Oh shit. The shit don't drop till midnight. I got right, 15 got minutes. Time. Yeah. I'm get this shit in here. Yeah, it's like it's like a Dennis it's like a Dennis Green moment. Like we let him off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we let him off the hook. Yeah. It's like one of them things where it's like, yo, niggas is having a clear path to the basket, man. And the only rapper that's like seemingly dead set, it's three of them. The young niggas. It's Lil it's, Baby. It's Lil Baby, Lil Dirk, and Young Boy. Yeah. Them but Young Boy has made the taking the position of fuck the numbers. 
I don't give a shit. I do an album with Rich the Kid. I ain't gonna hold you. Future still is future is, is he's he's still where he's like I'm popping my shit. I'm doing it the same way I always and done I'm it. still ascending. And I'm still ascending. Yeah. So future has to get ten that. years in the game. I'm still ascending, which yeah. is impressive because that's not usual. Yeah. Niggas is usually on their way down after like year four because you only get that little window of being a hot new nigga. Yeah. And every single time, like future just reinvent itself and just. Come with some new shit to where you like, goddamn. You know my favorite song now off the album, Holy Ghost. <sighs> Phantom like a cigarette boat, all this water on me. I was with the six up. Uh, he said I was in my six truck with uh, with my wrist up, getting my dick sucked. Yeah. I'm like, this is the opening line. Yeah. <laughs> Start this over. Y'all know I loved uh, uh, massaging me from Jump, yeah. but my shit now is uh, with the deluxe is uh, just like me. I play that song. Just like every me day. is amazing. I play- and in the Jones, I play just like me every fucking day. And the day. Jones Scooter is my second yeah, that favorite shit song. Hot too. That shit hard. I hold you. Fuck. I like the Jones with uh, uh, ESTG, Chickens. Yeah, yeah. My girl got me loving Chickens. Yeah. What do you say? Uh, this ain't O three. I ain't Jeezy. Yeah. Leave with oh, it. Can't, can't bring, bring it back, back. nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, do your ops die? All the goddamn time. <laughs> ESTG. I fucks with that. But yeah, Future's still climbing it. Um, I guess going into that. How do you feel? Like, I ain't going to hold you, yo. Steph's finals MVP, it's like in my top three. I love it, man. As far as favorite moments, like LeBron 16, John, Dirk's 11, John, and Kobe's, John, that he got. After the Celtics. The, the, After the, at the loss of the Celtics, then he came the back Celtics, and beat. The Celtics, John. Yeah. Not the Magic, John. Yeah. You know, it was, but the Celtics, John, was like, they really, remember, they were down. They had to win yeah. two in a row. And they had to win in Boston, then yeah. in L.A. And because of the way the Celtics beat him in that other finals right, that right. they played in. Kobe's John in 10, Dirk in 11, LeBron in 16, and Steph Curry in 22 are probably my favorite four Jones out of the last 20 years. It was amazing to see a player just come out and just, as a little guy, impose his will on the other team. Mm-hmm. Where it was like seven, eight times a game, he was hitting shots that was just like, Oh, that first like three he hit back breaking like that first shots that over first and over three again. he hit in the third quarter that put him up nineteen was like oh god <laughs> when he came down and buried that John to put him up twenty two it didn't even look like the ball went through the net it literally just was like pop and went through the shit and that's the drum he walked up touching the ring finger and he was just like what the <laughs> like yeah because he fired that bitch from like thirty three <laughs> right. and that ball looked like it did go watch it that ball didn't like it touched the net yeah that shit was just water he was just locked in man and it was like you know yeah. even when, even in those moments of turmoil in the series where they were down or they was trying to do whatever whatever he was the one constant yeah and no matter Andrew what they, Wiggins too Andrew Wiggins too Andrew, I'm gonna get to that. Um, but he was the he was the primary constant of like, man, fuck y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like, no matter what y'all do, whatever traps y'all send, y'all send a big man, y'all send Marcus Smart, y'all send whoever, whoever. Bro, they was catching fuck y'all niggas. They was catching Al Horford in that pick and roll, man. Curry put that ball on the floor. They couldn't stop him. They couldn't stop him. And I just was like, and it didn't matter. Marcus Smart, Al Horford, even when Jalen Brown got in front of him, he was toast. And I said it the other day on Twitter. I'm like, imagine being the greatest shooter of all time, right? And people be mad at you for always shooting threes, parentheses, (laughs) even though you're the greatest shooter (laughs) of all time. And you're the greatest shooter of all time, and you decide to put the ball on the floor, and no one can stop you still. (laughs) 
but you don't do it all the time because yeah. <laughs> you're the greatest shooter of all right. time. You're not like that's a wild dynamic. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, you know, of, of course, it started that whole conversation the very next day on ESPN. The top 10 of all time. And Let me say this. Rank? Y'all like because they was on there like, are we really going to take put Steph in the top 10 and take Larry Bird out? I'm like, Larry Bird been out. Larry Bird wasn't in. Larry Bird wasn't in. Like, when, and here's the thing, right? And there's been a Gilbert Arenas has been doing some ingenious shit recently. He was having these finals watch parties with players, Kenyon Martin, Matt Barnes, Nick Young, a bunch of other guys, or whatever, coming to his crib watching the finals and they doing commentary. So they watching the game, but the cameras is on them and they talking and stuff. And they like, yo, when I see these top ten player lists and all of that shit, like, what the fuck is these lists? They like, he's like. Gilbert Arenas flat out said, anybody pre-85, get the fuck out of here. Duh. You was playing a different game. Duh. He said, get them niggas out of here. Duh. He said, Bill Russell, Will, all them niggas. I don't even believe that shit happened. Get, he said, I, I know what I seen with my eyes. He Duh. said, Jordan is number one. Kobe is num- is is Kobe or LeBron is number two, and then Kobe or LeBron is number three, and then we can fill out the rest of the list from there. But they said one, two, three. It has to be some combination of those three. Uh-huh. Nobody imposed their will on the game from a perimeter position like they did. No. They're one, two, three. It's simple I ain't going to hold that. you. I respect Kareem. I respect Wilt just for the dominance of what they did at the time. Yeah. But I personally think Shaq would have dogged them niggas. That's my that's my personal opinion. I think Shaq would have bodied niggas. I'm not talking about night. People always be like, "Oh, Shaq got ran in '96." Cool. Shaq came, but he spun the block. <laughs> and when that nigga spun the block in 00, 03, there was nothing anybody humanly possible could do with that nigga. He was too athletic, too quick, too strong, and he could pass. There was nothing you could do with a big man of that caliber at that time. He destroyed niggas. Now, if Shaq had to play in this era, be a little different. You know why? Because the nigga who's just as big is going 30 feet away from the basket. You got to go out there. And if you go out there a step too late, Joker's pulling. And if you jump, Joker's going past you, and he's going to bounce past it through somebody's legs to MPJ for a dunk baseline. It's a different game. That's what happens. Things evolve. So when these lists don't evolve, I don't understand because the game evolves. Like, I'm not trying to be funny. I respect Larry Bird. I respect Magic Johnson. I respect fucking uh, Nate Thompson. You know, I respect all these old niggas. What the fuck any of them niggas is doing with Giannis Antetokounmpo? Or Kevin Durant. I'm not being funny. (laughs) Fuck KD for a second. I'm just talking about Giannis on a break. Who's stopping it? Because I watch Giannis out here right now do 50 and 20 against the most athletic niggas on the planet. So who the fucking 83 in Converse's (laughs) is stopping that nigga? No one. No one. No one. They would fucking call in. They would like, they would call in like a witch doctor to try to put a hex on the nigga. The best joint. You remember that page that was like anti-Jordan? Oh my God. And yo, the white boy, he did an interview and it was like, you know how they be like, Doing the drone, like almost like the confessionals, like real world. He was sitting there, but he's like, the camera was here, but he's looking away from it. And the boy was like, um, let me ask you a serious question. All jokes aside, you play around a lot, all BS aside. Do you think LeBron James would have been able to dominate? This is during the 2018 yeah. play. Excuse me. He was like, do you think LeBron James would have been able to dominate in this manner if he played in 1986? And he was like, okay, it. LeBron playing in 1986, would he play against the players now in 1986, or would he play against those guys from 1986? He's like, take the 86 Celtics. Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, Danny Ainge, you know, uh, Dennis, uh, Dennis, Dennis Johnson, Larry Bird with uh, Bill Walton coming off the bench. What do you think? He was like, if LeBron – like, LeBron James. He was like, if LeBron played 
the 86 Celtics in 86 with their 86 skills, LeBron James would finish that series. He would finish the series scoring 115 points a game. <laughs> and he would, he would shoot 236% from the field. <laughs> I was dying because how the fuck you shoot 230? But he was like, yeah, it, it would be a bloodbath. It, it would yeah. honestly, like, you, you don't understand. LeBron is faster than anybody who played professional sports. Period. In 1986. <laughs> Period. Like, think about... Any nine, sport. <laughs> 1986, like, the fastest 40 in the NFL was, like, 4-8. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't see them freak numbers until, like, Dion came along and then Chris Johnson and then was running, like, 4-2s and shit like that. Like, think about the world record for the 100-meter dash in the 80s. It was in the 10 seconds. Usain Bolt done ran a 9-5 out this joint. Like... A bad joint is 9-6 for him. You see what I'm saying? So, it's like, LeBron is faster than everybody who played the game in 80s. He's also stronger. Like, think about it. The strongest person in 1986 was probably... Eighty-six. The strongest person leave was probably like a Daryl Dawkins, yeah, or a yeah, like a Daryl Dawkins that type of person. It's like LeBron would knock him into the third <laughs> row. Seriously, the highest jumper in eighty-six was a young Mike. Yeah. LeBron got a bigger vert than that. He's stronger. He's faster. He has a better vision. He sees that you you like. And I always use this analogy. Think about the nineteen eighty-seven M three when that hit. Dan, you know what I'm talking about. The M3 was the shit. It was Gilbert the new Arenas Beamer. Made a, made a similar uh, comparison. Huh? Gilbert Arenas made a, silver, a similar the, the, comparison. The, 80, the 87 M3 was the shit. All the dope boys wanted it. It was the car to have. It was amazing. It was a spaceship to people in 87. If you go get the new M4 <laughs> and put it up against the 87 M3, it's going to leave it in its dust. Not yeah. only is it going to smoke it, it's going to do better on gas. It's going to keep your coffee cold. It's going to tell you which way to turn. It's going to cut <laughs> off for you at the light, save you some gas. You know, gas is out. Like, the, the, that's the way the world works. Everything evolves. But with sports, with this nostalgia shit, people will literally stop you and be like, oh, well, none of these guys are ever going to be no Larry Bird. And it's like, bro, Kevin Durant was better than Larry Bird when he was a thunder. Right. Like, like, like when he was a super son. When he was... <laughs> <laughs> when he was a supersonic. Like, Kevin Durant the flew past Larry Bird years ago. That's a freak. That nigga 6'11 with a 7'6 wingspan and can pull from anywhere within 42 feet of the basket. Guard. Like, that's a freak. There's nothing you can compare that to from the 80s. Yeah. And it's just, it'd be amazing to me. So it's like, when I look at Steph, when I look at somebody who can show up in basketball and... Be a little guy, 6'3", you know what I'm saying? Like, which is little in basketball, 6'3", yeah. in the hood, you're a big man, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But it's like, yeah, you 6'3", you show up in the NBA, and you completely revolutionize the game. Yes. Like, Jordan revolutionized the game. LeBron revolutionized that point-forward position. Magic revolutionized the game. Kareem, Revolution, Wilt. We're talking about people who changed the, the, the landscape of yeah. basketball, and I'm going to keep it a buck with you. No one has affected change in basketball in the manner that Steph Curry has. And he's done so efficiently. I'm not, he's I'm a not, volume three-point like, shooter that is career like 44 Think about this. Kareem, <laughs> Kareem showed up, and he gave us what? Hook. The hook shot. The hook shot became known as the what? Unstoppable. The most unguardable mood in basketball. basketball. How many hook shots you ever seen Danny Ainge do? 
None. Because <laughs> he didn't affect everybody on the floor. Yeah. But Steph Curry now done shown up, and he done changed this shit into the analytic three-ball game. So now, if you don't take a three for certain teams, you're out. Yeah, get the fuck out of the game, stupid. Mike D'Antoni bring you over to the side and be like, damn, coach, my bad. I know I'm supposed to take threes. But he's like, well, listen, you got two weeks in the G League, so you can get yourself together. Like, <laughs> you going down there to figure it the fuck out. I got Seriously. Good news, I got good news and I got bad news. Your contract is fully guaranteed. That's the good news. The bad news is you're going to play for the Arkansas yeah. Razorback affiliate of yeah. the team. You playing for the 87ers. <laughs> we'll holler at you. This is how good Steph Curry is and how good this Warriors Damn, team is. Damn, bring me that soda out the fridge. This is how good Steph Curry is, one, and how good the Warriors is. Kenny Atkinson, their lead assistant coach, got hired to He's coach the Charlotte Hornets, and he said, yeah, I don't fuck yeah. with niggas. Like, I'm going to stay here with Mellow Ball in the hallway <laughs> doing dumb shit. I'm cool. Miles Bridges sipping lean on IG. Yeah. I'm going to just stick I'm it out cool. here. I'm cool. Terry Regier got a rap album coming out. Oh. I'm going to hang with y'all. I'm going to oh. hang out here Miles for Br- less money. Miles Bridges is crazy, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but, like, yeah, no, nah, it's like Steph Curry really – affected change across the entire NBA landscape. He's now the only <laughs> unanimous MVP in league history. He was the fucking superstar of the best record in NBA history at 73-9. and nine. He's won four championships. He finally has his finals MVP. He is the most three-pointers in NBA history. Breaking his own record every He's night. He's literally <laughs> regarded as the best shooter in NBA history. I don't know what y'all break basketball down to, but it's shooting and stopping. <laughs> That's what it is. And it's, he's become a stout defender. Dog, he locked up Jason Tatum, Tatum. the other night. Routinely, dog. Like I'm like I, t- I tweeted. I said Steph locking up Tatum? Question mark. Like niggas, like yeah, all series. Like and I'm keeping it tall with you. He doing all of this shit on rebuilt ankles. Yeah, Steph. He had, he had graham crackers for ankles. Steph Curry is like going to the hood mechanic who really know how to rebuild the <laughs> transmission. And your shit run. You know this shit a horse. <laughs> like this shit run real good. Now, Steph Curry at this point, even debating if he's in the top ten is a disrespect. Yeah. And I said it last week, he's the most disrespected superstar in NBA history. It's unbelievable. I'm keeping it tall with y'all. Y'all might not like this. Y'all might not want to agree with it. Y'all might not feel it. This is my personal opinion. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong or none of that shit. Steph Curry is top five at this point. I'm not joking when I say that. When I look at the NBA greatness like the Pantheon, yes, LeBron and Jordan are clearly by themselves. I think Kobe is right there, but LeBron and Jordan are by themselves. It's them two alone. Them two are just doing shit that just, when you look at all the numbers, all them records, if it ain't LeBron, it's Jordan and vice versa. If it ain't Jordan, it's LeBron. It's just what it is. Jordan, LeBron, Kobe. You know, Kobe's my guy. And I, you know, I've said it a lot. All of this Kobe love be kind of sick to me because me and you actually did an episode yeah. right before Kobe died. If y'all go back and listen to it, where we called people out for saying James Harden is just like Kobe and all this goofy. You remember that goofy yeah. shit? Skip Bayless and him used to go on them shows routinely and be like, Kobe not top 10. I remember Nick Wright. Bill Bill Simmons, the main Nigga. one. Tim Duncan is better than Kobe. I, and he said that it took players like Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson working with him to be like, get the fuck out of here. Listen, I watched motherfucking Nick Wright sit on television. They go look it up. He said Kobe Bryant isn't even in the question for best players ever. He was like, you could argue, is Kobe better than Tim Duncan? He was like, what Kobe wanted his whole career was to be like Jordan and be like Mike. And what he got 
is are you even better than Tim Duncan? Because LeBron is clearly better than you, and now it's LeBron and Jordan. That's the argument. While, yes, I think that's the argument, Kobe's right there. He's right there. And I never understood that shit. I remember skipping uh, shit. They used to do their top tens and not have Kobe in it. Yes. I'm not joking. So when you double back now and that Kobe's passing, motherfuckers all, oh, well, it's Jordan and Kobe, and then we'll see about it. It's just like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Y'all weren't doing that. No. Stop dickying. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, I personally feel like Kobe – Jordan, LeBron, Magic. And and to me, I got to put Steph up there, dog. He's literally done everything, and there's no one person who has completely changed the basketball community. I'm talking about worldwide. Like, do you remember back in the day? Dog, <laughs> do you remember back in the day when you talk about AAU, Rucker League, Euro League, FIBA? The, the, the goal was... To crack somebody or pull off a nice move and then drive to the Get lane to the and basket. dunk it. Yeah. Right. Now, the, the play is to have a nice move and shoot something from 35 feet mm-hmm. away from the basket. That back three. That's it. Steph has done that. Seriously. <laughs> Think about the great plays you see from the 80s. You remember Larry Bird still against the, the Pistons? And he gave it to Danny Ainge, and it's a layup, and Bill Walton's laughing. Think about Magic's uh, running jump hook in the 80 uh, finals against the Sixers when, the, when he played for Kareem. That's a, it's shit like that. But think about now the great plays you see from this era. Walk it's, off threes. It's Dame Lillard burying the three and Paul George facing, waving. It's all of that shit. That's Steph Curry. He's the catalyst for all of this yeah. shit now. So I just look at it where it's like you got somebody who is – the greatest at what he does. He's the greatest three-point shooter ever. He's number one as far as all-time threes made, right? Out of all them people you going to name, Magic, Bird, Kareem, Wilt, Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, he's the only one who had a unanimous MVP. Mm-hmm. I personally just – did you see him in the All-Star game this year when he had 50? Yeah. It just – when Steph is on <laughs> Steph shit, it's unlike anything you've ever seen. And me personally, I'm just sick of the disrespect, so I'm going above and beyond. I'm putting Steph in the top five. I'm not mad at it. And Seriously, thing, and that's just is, where I'm at, man. I, I think that. I, congrats I, to Steph. Congrats to your fucking finals MVP. Now what they go? I, that's what he said. Yeah, now, now what, what the they fuck gonna they going to say. say? I've seen moments where, you know, you could kind of see, like, through the Warriors' prior title runs and stuff, where he was deferring. Right. Like, he was trying to be the point guard and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And you could see him kind of, like, second-guessing himself and all that. There was none of that this whole no. series. The whole playoffs, there was none of no, that. Like no. he was like, I'm the best player on the court every night, and you will respect me as such. Mm-hmm. And he went out there and dropped his nuts for three playoff rounds and the finals and took that championship from Boston. And he took their heart. He had fucking Jason Tatum scrambling, second guessing himself, doing dumb shit. He fucking I think he did he damn near break the finals record for turnovers yeah, and some shit like yeah. that. Like he was stout on defense and he was the best player far and away. And listen. Now Andrew Wiggins. I, real quick, I love Allen Iverson. I do. I love Dirk Nowitzki. I love Vince Carter. T-Mac's a bad motherfucker. Um, like Kobe Shaq, my guys. T-Mac I, holding on for dear life to his yeah. uh, top whatever spot he think he is. Listen. He, he do not want to give it up to I, Steph, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling y'all, man. Steph Curry is... He... he he's one of the coldest motherfuckers we've ever seen play basketball, dog. Like, just... Do you know what the fuck it took for them to get back to championship caliber? They were the worst team in the league. They two were the worst. Ago. They they Kevin Durant came there. 15 and 60. Kevin Durant came there and they instantly became a juggernaut. I remember Jay Cole on a freestyle saying Dreamville stack like the Warriors. 
I remember that. Yeah. You know why? Because it was Draymond, Iggy, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Demarcus Cousins. And Sean Livingston. Dog. <laughs> Dreamville stack like the Warriors. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Kevin Durant tears his Achilles, comes out on it, which was admirable, blows the bitch out in the game. Drake fake crying and shit. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Oh, my God. No, KD. <laughs> Not the Brody. Not the bro. <laughs> Like, nigga, y'all about to win a chip. Shut up. You know what I'm saying? Remember the fake crying from Drake? Kevin Durant blows his shit. Clay blows his shit the very next game. What the fuck? Clay blows his knee out. He comes back after rehabbing a year and some change for that, and then blows the angle out. Yeah. And when you when you're when you're one half of the Splash Brothers and your uh, your brother is not splashing, right. you know what I mean? Just, just splash. You no just brothers. You just a splash. <laughs> And that's what you look where the Warriors went to where they went 15 and what 15 and 60 yeah. 15 and 15 and 61 or whatever the fuck yeah. it was. They were literally in a rebuilding process. And people were celebrating how bad they were. Yeah, cuz cuz they were sick of them winning. They were sick of them winning. Sick of them winning. And the Warriors could have easily, and I remember Ra saying this, and Ra even was just like, yeah, like, I can't cap. Like, I was on that type time. Like, they should have literally got rid of Steph. Like, on some, like, yo, it's over. The run is over. Mm-hmm. Clay's done. Draymond's aging. Yeah, you got a $200 million contract. We <laughs> might could be able to get a big notarized player and some picks for you. Let's blow it up. That's what should have happened. But Warriors, you got to get their front office some credit. They rode with it. They was like, yo, we're going to do this slow and steady. We're going to draft James Wiseman. We're going to make this trade to get Andrew Wiggins. We're going to bring Iggy back. Remember, Iggy had left. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring Iggy back. We're going to uh, draft Jordan Poole. You know, we they did it the right. Yep, send him to the G League. Send him to the G League. Like, we're we going to do this shit the right way. And Clay came back. Clay missed 900 fucking days, dog. Talking about three years of rehab. And for them... To go through a situation where Steph goes through an injury, so he has to chill for a little second. Kevin Durant goes through his injury, then he slides. Klay Thompson's dealing with big – I don't think people realize it. Like, a torn knee is normally a death sentence yeah. in basketball, and a torn Achilles is the same thing. So just the fact that Klay came back and had a game this year where he hauled off and hit eight threes, and, you know, he had those moments where he's, yeah. you know, game six Klay against the Grizzlies and shit, it's just like you got to respect it. The Warriors really clawed back – to the top. They clawed back. And I saw people even like, oh, well, if Ja was healthy, stop that. Cut that dicky and shit out. Because nobody gave him no motherfucking breaks when they whole team fell exactly. apart and the Raptors <laughs> won the championship. Stop that. That uh, Jules said it the other day. If if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. Like, yeah. seriously. Like, stop the if shit. Because that's not what happened. Reality happened. You good? It's amazing that you can do that when it's hot. <laughs> I'll be ready to burn my goddamn self. Like, but you, 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 you watched what happened with the Warriors team and they built that bitch back up and they got there and bruh, hats off to them niggas, man. Like, cause they were never supposed to win another championship. Not with the nucleus of Steph, Clay, Draymond and Iggy. That was not supposed to be it. So to see now, do you know there are, are five active players in the NBA who have won four championships? You know who they are? Mm-hmm. I don't know the fifth one. I just said it. Andre Iguodala. Oh, Andre Iguodala. So four of them are And that's what Draymond <laughs> was like. Yeah, it's five players in the world who, who have done this that's playing the game. And it's us four. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Like, straight up. Like, you got to respect that shit, bro. Like, they really clawed back to the top. Clay on one leg, and Draymond was just abysmal in some Draymond literally was so bad he was, that, he was a non-motherfucking factor his for three mom games. was literally like I don't, I don't know what's up with the boy you know what I'm saying like said, don't ask me I don't recognize this player neither no. <laughs> like Dre literally you know and he, he went out the last game and that last game where Dre played the way he played that's when the war when just the way Dre started the game I'm like oh no they got this shit man this is in the bag cause when he's doing that shit where he's running point and grabbing rebounds and guard niggas and getting the tip balls and the, the this that and he getting people rattled to where they getting technicals it's just like damn Dre. cause it allows Steph to be the best Steph which is off the ball Oh, we was both. Because you, you sent it straight to me. I came to the group chat. Because we was riding back the whole time. I was like, yo, I think the play is to take Dre for 1-3 tonight. I'm like, yeah, I think so too. But we couldn't bet because we was in Jersey. Yeah. So we got the fuck back in. I actually got it in. I, I got it in when I got to the house. So it was like when he hit the three, I'm like, oh, shit, Dre nailed the motherfucker. Like, dog, get that favor, Dre. But it's like I'm happy for them niggas because that's admirable. That's, that's the We took the long road home and we still got there. Yeah. They could have easily traded to go and get a Jimmy Butler or a fucking Bradley Bill. Or, you Remember know? the Giannis talk? Dog. Like, they could have done all that shit, and they didn't. And, they, you know, they went and figured it out, and Steph finally got his motherfucking finals MVP, and I'm happy for that they nigga. They arguably about to go on another run. I think They got at least one more in them. Who knows? Like, I, I'm more so just on the tip where... Steph finally got the trophy that eluded him. And yeah. just in that manner, the fact that Kevin Durant shows up, and we know Kevin Durant is the second best basketball player on the planet behind LeBron. He's best what he's been. Kevin Durant shows up and doesn't want to play in the system y'all have and just goes ISO whenever he feels like it. And y'all win two championships and they give Kevin Durant the MVPs. Steph took it with grace. He ain't complain. He ain't do no nut shit. He ain't say, man, trade me. Like even Kobe literally went to the front office and was like, yo, I'm ready to go to Chicago. Yeah, I'm out of here. Y'all don't want to get it. Y'all don't get the fat boy. Chicago, out of Phoenix, Dallas, yo, any of it. Y'all get rid of the fat boy. I'm out of here. Like Mark Cuban said Dirk came to him and said, I would trade me for Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if y'all I understand. Like it ain't even, you know what I'm saying? I would trade me for Kobe. If Y'all got to get me out of here to get Like, in Steph ain't do no bitch and no complaining. He just kept his head down and played basketball. And he got there. And I'm happy for the nigga. Congrats to him. I love Steph, yo. Um, It's hard. It, it's hard to root against Steph, man. It's very, very difficult. But people he, did it. Because he gives you a show. Even in the All-Star game this year, when he got hot, that nigga hit them. Remember, he, like, h Remember, AI was going crazy on the yeah. sideline? And they asked AI, AI, like, yo, we got to stop this nonsense. That nigga's better than I like. They, I couldn't do nothing with this. Yeah. AI was live on the joint, like Steph in my top five. And y'all like, and they like, hey, I man, how do you feel about people compare you to Steph Curry? And you know, you you think you better than Steph? You know, people always compare you to AI. Like shit, Steph Curry in my top five. I ain't in there, so I don't know what to <laughs> yeah. tell y'all. I love AI. I got so LeBron. Much. <laughs> I got Kobe. He said LeBron, Kobe, Kevin Garnett, Jordan, and Steph Curry. Yeah. He like that's my top five. AI, AI ain't in there, so I don't know what y'all talking about. <laughs> like real shit. And it's just like, yeah, Steph Curry, that insane dog. He's really that insane. But the unsung hero in all of this is Andrew Wiggins. Could we clap it up for Andrew Big Wiggins? Big Andrew Wiggins. You hit the wrong one. Yeah, there you go. I hit the rim shot. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins. Because you know I've gotten big on therapy and mental health and all of that type shit. Imagine getting drafted, right? You from Toronto, right? You get drafted to the NBA. You get drafted to the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? Right after you get drafted... You see this whole big witness welcome home shit 
for LeBron leaving Miami. And LeBron says, I'm going back to Cleveland to fulfill my promise on bringing Cleveland a championship. Mentally, you like, shit, I'm in Cleveland. It's on. Kyrie in Cleveland. It's on. LeBron coming back, and he done guaranteed a championship for Cleveland. Jesus Christ, how'd I fall into this situation? And you know something real quick? I want to step on your point. I said at the time, when they ended up losing that first finals, Cleveland lost to the Warriors, whatever, I'm like, you know what they were missing? A perimeter defender, mm-hmm. like an athletic Duh. wing like Andrew Wiggins. No, I remember you saying <laughs> that shit. That's crazy. It's like, yo, you, you, you know Andrew Wiggins mentally had to be like, oh, shit, it's, it's lit. Just to come in and find out a week and a half later that they like, yeah, you've been traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, which was at the time, because this, this Timberwolves now is not that same organization. A-Rod and his man that own the Timberwolves now, them motherfuckers is papered up and they spending that money and they yeah. going to do what it takes to win because A-Rod is an ultimate competitor. Like, and they're not fucking around. You- the last, that Glenn Taylor uh, iteration of the, of the T-Wolves, was Siberia for basketball. And Kevin Garnett, every time they stick a fucking camera and a microphone in his face, he's like, I should have been left them niggas, dog. Oh. I was staying under some fucking stupid thing or some fake loyalty bullshit and blah, blah, blah. And my quality of life was bad and my mental health was bad and all of that shit. And we had one good season, 2006. All the rest of that shit was a waste. Right. I could have been putting my talent on display in a prime market way prior to that. Right. And you, you look at it where it's just like, yo, LeBron came back to, uh, to Cleveland, and it was just like, yo, you, you look up and you're, you're in Minnesota now, and you just like, what the fuck? And you're traded for Kevin Love, so ain't, ain't even no Kevin Love there. Right. And you're just <laughs> like, god damn. And then you look up, and Cleveland goes on a run. They go to a championship, lose in game six. Then they go to another championship, have one of the greatest comebacks, and probably the greatest comeback yeah. in NBA that history. That championship should count for like three and a half, four championships. They have the greatest comeback in NBA history. Then they go to another championship and another championship, and you're just like, in Minnesota, you're drowning. <laughs> yes. You're drowning mentally, and you're just like, what the fuck? So then all of that shit happened. That, you remember that year? That free agent year was crazy. At the end of uh, 19, going into 20. Yeah. Kevin Durant, uh, everything. Every, Kyrie went to Boston. Everything was just moving the fuck around. Kawhi got traded. Kawhi went to them, won the chip, then went somewhere else. It just it was all over the fucking place. And Andrew Wiggins wound up getting traded for the two picks to the Warriors. And you just like, oh, shit, I'm about to get traded to the Warriors. And then it's like, yeah, but Kevin Durant hurt, and he left. And Clay just tore his shit twice, so he not playing. And you just like, well, damn. <laughs> all right. Like... <laughs> And Andrew, you you get you get the world I'm building. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins couldn't get a professional break. Yeah. Like you show up in Cleveland with LeBron coming, and they trade you, and then go to four straight championships. Then they trade you to, from Minnesota to the Warriors, who just went to four straight championships, but it's over now because everybody's yeah. hurt. So now you know he was a part of that 15 win team. Mm-hmm. Like you show up on the Warriors, and y'all are the worst team in basketball. I personally don't see how Andrew Wiggins didn't shoot himself in the head <laughs> right. because it's just like <laughs> dog. Like you, that's that's like purgatory. Yeah. Like how every situation I go to ends up in professional basketball purgatory. Andrew Wiggins worked his ass off. Like, Ra had a joke where he called him Weed Plate Wiggins to the point where we started calling him Weed Plate Wiggins. (laughs) Andrew Wiggins worked his ass off. Like, worked his motherfucking ass off. And 
When the Warriors did go on a run at the beginning of this year, that was one thing I noticed. Andrew Wiggins played really, really good. And I was like, yo, is it – I remember telling you and Ron in the chat, I'm like, yo, is it just me or is Andrew Wiggins hooping? Ron like, yo, I don't know what the fuck he on right now, <laughs> but he looks really, really yeah. good. And then when I looked up and the Warriors were 20 – the Warriors were 22-4 and four to start the season because yeah. they were rolling. Started 18-2. They were rolling. Then you look up and you see Andrew Wiggins is starting to get – all-star, uh, all-star, not votes, but all-star, like, mentioned. Like, yeah. they're starting to talk about him being an all-star. And I'm just like, yeah, I feel like I'm not tripping. Like, Andrew Wiggins is playing that good. And then he ended up being a starter this yeah. year. Like, Andrew Wiggins made it to being an all-star starter. Cool as shit. Yeah. Cool. You get to the fucking playoffs. Y'all going as the third seed. Okay. First round, you know, it didn't really look that shaky. It was, wasn't that much of a task. Okay. Second round. You end up in like a a, a, a dog fight essentially with the Grizzlies. You know what I'm saying? Andrew Wiggins had moments in there where he was like the best player on the floor on both ends of the zone. And it's heightened now because more people are watching it. You know, I remember we're on the East Coast, so people don't necessarily watch Golden State games night in and night out. And the playoffs uh, ratings were off the charts this year. Yeah. So So much that they was like, all right, uh, expansion team 2020. Yeah, yeah. Then you get to the motherfucking Western Conference Finals, you play the Mavericks, and Andrew Wiggins had games where he was containing Luka. He was dead as giving Luka a headache. That, remember the game Luka went 3 for 12 from 3? That was Andrew Wiggins on the perimeter with him, where it was just like, yeah, he was frustrating him off every pick and roll because Andrew Wiggins knows how to fight over top of a screen. Then y'all, y'all get past the Mavericks, and y'all get to the, to the finals now. Andrew Wiggins is playing in the finals. And if you watch that game... Four, that was a master, a master class of how to do everything that doesn't show up in the stat line. To be in the right place at the right time every time. When the Warriors were down five with seven minutes left, when they sat Draymond and Draymond came back in with three and a half. Remember, we all texting about it. Draymond came back with three and a half minutes left and the Warriors was up five. You know why? Because Andrew Wiggins hit two threes and had two stops on the defensive end. That shit was literally a stop, three-pointer, another stop, three-pointer. Like, Andrew Wiggins was on some shit. And I said it on Twitter. He's not going to get no consideration. He's not going to get no votes. I get that. It's just Steph's time. It is what it is. But understand that Andrew Wiggins was the Warriors' best defender. He was the Warriors' best rebounder. And he was their second best scorer. Steph finished the finals with 148 points. Andrew Wiggins had 102. He was the Warriors' second best scorer. Clay had 98. Andrew Wiggins deserves a lot of fucking credit for even mentally holding all of his NBA career together to show up now in that big moment and not be afraid of it. Yeah. And and shout out to Andre Iguodala because he was working with him. And I said it on, on Twitter. I'm like, yo, in a weird way, Andrew Wiggins is what Iggy was in that 15 Absolutely. championship. To where That's why Iggy got the finals MVP because he did everything that needed to be done. And when they needed a rebound, Andrew Wiggins got the rebound. When they needed somebody to slow up Jason Tatum at the top of the key, Andrew Wiggins slowed him up. When they needed somebody to hit the corner three because Steph was double teamed coming off of the top, Andrew Wiggins hit the corner three. He did everything that need be done, and he did that shit with excellence. And Draymond was saying on John, how he was fucking with him, was like, because, uh, you know, the, the 16 rebounds was his career high. Yeah. And he was like, yo, I asked, like, what's your career high in rebounds? Like, 11. He's like, 11? He you can jump through the gym. What the fuck he you He said him doing? and Steph had a moment where he was like, I know Steph ain't going to say it. So I said, he was like, oh, the 16 is amazing. But that, what the fuck was you doing before that? Yeah. 
Now, shout out to Andrew Wiggins. Shout out to Steph Curry. Shout out to the Warriors for their championship. I got my y'all weird for the week. I've been saving it. Be doing it right now. The Warriors security. Oh, man. I've never seen anything like this. As bad as the fake clay shit was, the fake clay the shit fake was insane. Clay shit was hilarious, man. What, he got a whole vlog out. <laughs> what's funny about the fake clay shit is he's like three inches shorter and like thirty pounds heavier than clay. He doesn't look like Clay Thompson and at all. Everybody's like, "Hey, Clay, what's up? Yeah. We're gonna win tonight, baby." And the craziest part is like Kev was saying, Kev was like, "What's wild is the nigga went out there on the court and started draining shit." So you like, "Oh shit, Clay hot? Then that Clay gonna be hot?" Then? <laughs> Had he gone out there and started bricking, the people would have been like, man, Clay on that bullshit. But it's like he's making shots. So it's like it looks like Clay Thompson. That nigga went in, went onto the floor, fucking shot around for 10 minutes, all that shit. Then they finally realized and they let him go. And the Chase uh, Center sent him a, a letter. It was like, yo, you're banned. Don't ever come back here. So he spent 10000 for the seats that night. Of course, he lost that. You know, and the people are like, oh, he out ten grand. i would be like trying to explain to me. When you're a YouTube blogger, ten grand is nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. That's a three days worth of work. Literally nothing. <laughs> Clipping baby if you flinch at the price of Bottega. It's nothing. You know what I'm saying? And so he got banned. As bad as the fake clay shit was, did you see the Steph Curry cousin shit? Oh, my God. <laughs> the nigga went and told him, yeah, after the championship, I'm Steph Curry cousin. They gave that man a credential. Let him in the locker room. He was Steve Curry. Dog. <laughs> he was like Jason Tatum just walked past mad as fuck. Jason Tatum storming out the building. That nigga took pictures with Steve Kerr. He took pictures with Draymond. He took pictures with Steph Curry. <laughs> and I'm just like, dog. Ain't nobody said, who mans is this? No nothing. Did you see the very end of the reel? He was like, yeah, they even gave me the trophy. That nigga holding the trophy. <laughs> Jesus. I saw in the words of Stevie G, sometimes you got to try your game out, man. Dog, that nigga got in. They took him to the after party, all that shit. He was like, Draymond turned, Draymond dancing and shit. That nigga was holding the fucking Larry, the, the, the Louis Vuitton Larry O'Brien trophy, dog. What the fuck, man? Warrior security on that bullshit, man. Just, just some niggas. Just some niggas. <laughs> Real shit. But uh, I'm, I'm, I, I was very happy with... The Warriors with, with everything. Like, you know, it was decent. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Sure. And now we got nothing else to watch sport-wise. So now Dude, it's... Toast for the summer. Did you watch the Martin joint yet? Betting baseball. Yes, I did. I loved I, it. I, I didn't watch it yet. How was I, it? It was excellent. Let me it get was, that. It was very well done. Um, they had Afion Crockett host it, which was unexpected, but... Afion's super talented. Um, he he controlled the conversation. Um, they did a special tribute to Tommy. They did like a uh like a memorial for Tommy at Nipsey's. Oh, they shit. recreated the set and all of that. And I'm just like, damn, it was so good. And um, it was it was dope to see them all together and just giving each other their flowers and basically everybody kind of like saying how phenomenal Martin was on that show uh -huh. and that he gave them the ability to just him and the writers just gave them the ability to just grow and do whatever they want and lean into some of the ridiculous shit that he was doing, which made it magical. Today, when I, before I left out the house, the Prince Uchi Jones on, oh when he God. thought Gina was going to be the concubine, and they took the rollie off of him, and Prince Uchi shoved him. <laughs> you can see everybody trying their hardest to not laugh. It's like Martin really was was great. I'm going to watch it probably tonight or tomorrow. The um, what it about? Was, it was an hour and a half. I didn't know it was going to be oh, that damn, long. Oh, damn, it's long. Yeah, no, they went in, man. Oh, so BT, BT Plus is doing some good things with content and stuff like that. And this is like their crown jewel so far ah. of content that they created. Yeah, I did not know it was I an hour and a half. I think Kurt had something to do with it. Kurt had posted uh, the journal or whatever, promoting it and stuff. So shout out uh, our, our guy, Kurt Curtis Bryan. He got to come back up here soon. 
Um, but yeah, no, it was it was it was well done. It was an A plus. It was excellent. It was excellent for sure. They had Tommy's family came, his wife and his two kids. Oh shit! Yeah, it was it was it was fire. Oh yeah, I definitely gotta watch this joint. Yeah. yeah. And they had uh, they talked about like all the characters individually. They had Broadman come through the window. Uh, oh shit! That's <laughs> they, funny. They had Tracy shit. Morgan patched in talking about Hustle Man, and Martin was like, he never had the audition. It was his role. From the, from the drive, he was like, you know, everything that we did was just so ridiculous. I say it all the time, and people don't understand when I be like, Fresh Prince to me was a better show than Martin. It just it had a better budget, yeah, better they had, writers. They had the Drake budget, but Martin to me is the greatest sitcom actor ever. He's better than Seinfeld. But he literally played ten characters on that show. He played himself, played Mama Payne, he played Otis, he played Jerome, Shanene, Roscoe, Roscoe. Uh, Dragonfly Jones. Dragonfly Jones uh, don't you know no good that one? Bob, he was, from, Bob marketing. from a marketing <laughs> and uh, King Beef. That was the ten. Go, Go King, King Beef. Beef. Go, Go King. But <laughs> <laughs> first, I must die. Yeah, like, and the craziest part is, I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. Five of those characters could have got spinoffs. Yes, they could have done a spinoff about his mom. They talked about the fact of... Jerome? Could you imagine a spinoff, 30 minutes Can of Jerome? Can you imagine Jerome? a Shanene show? No, I think the Jerome drone would have been in. <laughs> Jerome was nuts, man. They were saying Jerome was by far and away my favorite character. They were saying that basically that Martin bridged the gap between uh, sketch comedy and sitcom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just having the presence of mind of who came in to play certain roles. David Allen Greer playing the pastor. Yeah. Tommy Davidson showed up. Oh, Tommy Davidson oh, yeah. did Barnell, Barnell Hill. Yeah. It was just like, yo, it was like all these just super talented, like, legends, like, black, you know, yeah. comedic icons and shit like that that participated in the show. Snoop Dogg showed up. Oh, shit, it was, yeah. It Snoop was Dogg was on there. The joint with Pam at the apartment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Snoop's on everything. Yeah. Snoop really was been a part of everything that happened black. Yes. Since, like, 1992. <laughs> Snoop really been on every fucking From the thing. drive, though. From the like, jump. Snoop was on. Think about it. Snoop been on Martin, Fresh Prince, Steve Harvey Show. You name it, he's been on everything. Yep, he was on Deep Cover Soundtrack. That was his introduction. Dog. Snoop was on. He was in Training Day. Snoop's really been a part of, like, every fucking thing, dog. Yeah. Everything. Like, the only thing Snoop hasn't done yet has been in, like, a Fast and the Furious. Right. That's it. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Fast 13, I'll guarantee you Snoop. Yo, speaking of Snoop Dogg, have you been... Uh, Keeping up with Netflix, they've been dropping the uh, shows from the uh, Netflix is a joke festival. Snoop Dogg has one. It's called Fucking Around with Snoop. Snoop Dogg presents. Oh, Fuckin I got Around. something for you, real good to watch. It's Mike Epps, Cat Williams, uh, Mike Epps, Cat Williams, uh, D. Ray Davis, okay. and it was like two other comedians or whatever. And it was Snoop Dogg, Joan, or whatever like that. The shit was phenomenal. And then Pete Davis has one. Uh, Bill Burr had one that was he- that was funny as hell. Melanie Wolf, who's opening for Chappelle right now, she's his primary headliner. Who's opening for Chappelle right now? She was on there. She killed it. Um, but yeah, so the Netflix is a joke festival. What they've been putting out so far, all amazing content, yo. I got something for you to watch. Have you gotten into the origins of hip hop? No. Oh my God! I can't see how you haven't gotten. I'm into this. just it flew. I just totally missed it. I'm I'm out the loop. Do you know about it? No. Oh wow! So A and E is doing a docu series, eight part, John, where it's basically they take a person, in, person influential person in hip hop who doesn't get the credit that they deserve, and they do like an hour long documentary oh, on them. First one was Fat Joe, and I, you know, we always make jokes about Fat Joseph. Fat and Joseph. Shit. You know what I'm saying? But you know, like a lot of people don't even know. You know, Fat Joe owned the Fever. 
in New York. And that yeah. was like a legendary place where like a lot of the hip hop motherfuckers would get their start, get on stage. Yeah. Like Nas said it, like rocking at the fever. Streets was all mine. You know what I'm saying? That was my version of the blues. Dropping out schools. The crack epidemic had rap representing new rules. Like Fat Joe really like, he like muscled that Latino shit. Then yeah. when he found pun, it was just like, yo, like. Y'all can wrap it up, yeah. nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they talked about all the shit he did. So that one was really good. The next one they did was on Ja Rule. The Ja Rule joint is phenomenal. When I tell you Chris was not lying about shit, every single thing he said. And we got to get another interview because it's we more shit. Yeah. Dog, did you know that when they got the label deal, right? You know how the whole shit happened. Ja had Can I Get a? Right, Irv was like, "Yo, we got this record." This Irv, like, I'm playing it over. You know how Irv talks. I know this shit is a hit. I know it. I know this shit is a hit. I'm playing it over and over. Like, yo, this is it. And we like, yo, how we gonna break this record? How we gonna break this record? He was like, Jay Z walks in the studio, right? So he's like, Jay, my man. You know, I done did shit with Jay. We've been running around, do do I know Dame. Oh, you know, like these my folks. He's like, man, I played a record for Jay. Jay just leans over, was like. Let me get that. I need that. Let me get that. And Irv like, nah, yo, that's Ja John. Like, I can't, I can't, yo, that's that's Ja. That's my artist. It's for Ja. No way. Jay like, I'm saying like he can be on it, but I need that. And Irv like, he's like a light bulb went off. Where it's like, yo, this is Jay. This is Volume One. This is Reasonable Doubt. This is Hard Knock Life. Like the album about to drop. It's like, he's like, still, I'm like, I don't know. Jay was like, yo, like, let me make a call, dog. Rush Hour motherfucker said they give me seven fifty for the soundtrack. You want me to get that? He's like, oh shit, but I get yeah, 10%. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can take that. You know what I'm saying? He's like, so boom, I go to Jai, like, yo, we're gonna get a record to Jay. Jai, like, the fuck you mean we're gonna give it to Jay? He's like, yo, but it's you, it's gonna be you and Jay. Jai, like, fuck it. All right. right. <laughs> they do the song. Boom. Can I get a what, what for these? Na-? Like, they do the John. Drop Jay was like, we're gonna put a mill on it to get the bitches hype. Da 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 da. Irv was like, dog, we performed at the fucking uh, stadium in Jersey, the Giants jump. He was like, Jay came out, man, they cut on Can I Get a? People went fucking ballistic. He was like, Ja came running on stage, no shirt. And it was like, he was like, I just seen it. It was just like, oh shit, Ja, superstar. So boom, he was like, can I get a hit? You know, Jay do five mil with the John. Boom, boom, boom. Can I get us a smash record, Rush Hour soundtrack? You know how I go. Mm-hmm. Boom, we go do Holla Holla, right? We drip, and I'm just like, yo, this shit is gritty. This shit is hard. We drop it. The problem with Holla Holla is Jay is emerging as the coolest nigga on the planet, and DMX is the hardest nigga on the planet. And I'm working with both of these niggas. And people are literally like, yo, DMX don't got no shirt on. Jay don't got no shirt on. DMX ball, Ja damn near ball. You know what I'm saying? He was like, motherfucking X is screaming and hollering. Ja screaming, screaming and hollering. Yeah. And they sounded like, so people are like, yo, why your man trying to sound like X? Why? And they was like, X was pissed. Like, Irv was like, I can remember vividly, like, us being in, like, a fucking radio situation doing interviews. And the girl came up and was like, yo, I love your holla holla record to DMX. X was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, he's like, X was pissed about the shit. Because it's like, people thought holla holla was yeah. DMX. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, yo, we got to find our lane. Like, we got to find our lane. So he was like, we get the crib out L.A. I just take everybody out L.A. for the summer. Like, yo, we going to go out L.A., get a mansion, some cars. You know, you know, we had some fun. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He's like, we out L.A. <laughs> and we started working on the album. Def Jam sent us $2 million. And the dope part about it is they got Irv and Chris in them on one side, and then they got Kevin Lyles in them on the other side. 
So they're like giving their synopsis to what all happened. Yeah. And Irv is like, yo, we go to LA. We made rule 336, right? Put it on me. Down ass bitch. Like all of that. Like Josh is in his bag. And we loving the records. Now, granted, Irv like... We was high. You know what I'm saying? He like, we was, he was high. some bombs. We was high. We was drunk. But this shit sound amazing to us. We bring it back to New York. We play it for him. Leor, everybody like, man, this shit is garbage. What the fuck? What the fuck made y'all do this? Why is he singing? What the fuck are y'all on? Like, dog, this Def Jam, we make the hardest shit. You told us that. You told us Def Jam wasn't hard enough. Remember that was whole yeah. Earth pitch mm-hmm. with DMX? Yeah, like, y'all don't got no, no, yeah. y'all got to bring the streets back. Now you done bring the streets back and you, now you want to go sing. <laughs> And he like, no, y'all don't understand. Like, this is really it. He's like, Leo ain't want to give us no more money. Ain't want to give us shit. I went to work. I worked them fucking records. I went to my programmers. I went to the radio people. Yo, play this shit. Play this shit. Come on, dog. Do me a favor. Play this shit. He's like, it was a slow bubble. But then you looked up and put it on me. It was in the top 10 in the country. And then we dropped Rule 336. That shit was the number one album. That shit sold 257,000 records the first week. Hard copies. Hard copies. Jaws a superstar. The album goes on to be three mil. Three times platinum. Little nigga from Queens. Three times platinum. The fucking, the fucking album, Rule 336, generated over $100 million Jesus. after the label gave me $2 million. They gave me $2 million and wouldn't give me no more money. We just worked the records and made Jaws superstar. Went back to the fucking label. Yo, what's up? We trying to do another album. What's up? They gave me 10 mil. And we looking like, oh, we just made 100 off of two. Said Leor was like, man, for you, that's great where you come from. Chris like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? And they had Kevin Lyles like, yeah, we was wrong. You know, what the fuck? Like, you know, I'm like, yes. Like, you know, people fuck up. Like, you know, it's not no shit where we got to keep rehashing it and this and the third. And it's just like, nigga, you're doing a documentary. This is, what the fuck. <laughs> this is, this is the rehash. This is the perfect time to rehash it. You know what I'm saying? And Chris was like, yo, I never seen nothing like it. Like, Ja was a superstar that he showed you the superstar shit. And sometimes what happens is people will come out like, look at Jay-Z. He was a superstar. He had to tweak some shit. And then he became a superstar. Do you look at somebody like Mace? He came out, he was a superstar, but he had to tweak it. He had to drop the dirty shit. You can't be Murder Mace. Right. You got to be Pretty Boy Mace. Fly guy with a dollar sign. Ja came out and didn't change shit. Right. They just literally went to work. They didn't, like, like straight up, Irv was like, we played 336 in its entirety for the Def Jam office. The motherfuckers looked at us like we was crazy. Six months later, that record in its entirety was three times platinum. And they was like, damn, this is the biggest record we got this year. And then turned around and they gave him 10 mil. Irv was like, what the fuck is up with y'all? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And Irv to this day, like, he don't fuck with them. He don't fuck with Leor kept Def, like, oh, no. Wow. Yeah, because you could even see it in the documentary. Like, every time they went, he was just like, you could see the disdain. And Kevin Lyles is on the flip side, like, dog, like, you know, like, you t- tell me 20 fucking years ago, you know, 25 years ago, damn there. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you would think people would just be over. It's like, yo, we done all made money. We legends just in the third. Irv, like, fuck that. Like, Irv. <laughs> <laughs> Like, cause I was. I have to watch he's like, this. fuck that. Cause I was right. And I knew I was right the whole time. We drive rule 336, three times platinum, 257,000 first week. We come right back. We get even more singing, mesmerized, always on time with Ashanti. Pain is love, do 400,000 first week. That album is seven times platinum now. I knew I was right. John knew he was right. Fuck y'all. I heard this for no reason. It's a good-ass documentary. Uh, I have to watch But they, this. every episode, like the next John, they doing one on Little John. They doing one, they doing one on, on every, a yeah. bunch of people. You know what I'm saying? But the, the Ja John, 
It was good. And it really, it, they got everybody on there. Like, Jay, his wife. Oh, damn. Dog, everybody on that joint. They got fucking uh, um, Lior, Kev, all of the Murder Inc. niggas, all the Def Jam motherfuckers is in there, other rappers, Redman, Busta Rhymes, Meth, like, everybody's in it. Like, they got everybody in the joint. It's a good-ass documentary. I have to watch this yeah, it was It was really good. And it's just like, damn, like, it's crazy to think, like, yo, you could get two mil from a company and make a hundred, and then they come back and be like, "Yeah, we're gonna up you this time, bro. Right. We're gonna get you. We're gonna get you. Double gonna digits, you. Eight <laughs> <laughs> figures, niggas." And it's, it goes back to the whole shit crispy on now, where it's just like we really got to understand the business side. Yeah, who's gonna lead us without trying to rob and cheat? Us? Like we really got to understand the business side to like everything. You know what I'm saying? And even today, shout out Paulie. Like we was talking to the John. I was just like, yo, we gotta have you come up and talk about the whole John. He's like, you know, I hate talking and shit. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, because people need to hear it from a motherfucker who's in it. And he like, no, nah, I fucks with y'all. Like you know, I give y'all the game whenever. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, no, but you don't understand. Like that's the shit we've been on. It's like really trying to inspire people. And tell people like, yo, you can create some shit that can change your life. Mm -hmm. That's real. And that's the biggest thing with like Irv and them. Like, Irv is a fucking genius, man. Yeah, he's great. Like, like, not trying to be funny. Let's keep it tall. Irv literally was Jay-Z's like go-to guy when he and his DJ. D, I'm about to say, when it came to what he did on stage, what records played, how they were played, and he was doing production. Je Irv did hard knock, hard knock life. Yes. He did the Annie sample. Then on the flip side, Irv hand-walked DMX into the fucking Def Jam building. Then he built up, like, Irv really, really is he that. He saved the label. He saved, e I'm going to keep a buck. Irv, Irv is the reason y'all niggas all got East Coast bias. It's a bar. That's a bar. That's real. Irv Gotti is the reason we all got East Coast bias. And can't believe that Atlanta been tearing shit up for 25. Because the way that it was presented to us was like, New York... And then everybody Everything else. Everything else. And yeah. Irv is the catalyst to the reason why that landscape even looked like that the right way. Absolutely. Irv, Irv, Irv a smart ass now. I want to interview Irv bad as fuck. Yeah. No, he's like number, him and Dame are like the top. Because Irv energy is just fucking insane, man. Like, and, he, and he's the second best storyteller in hip hop behind Fat Joe. And you want to know what the funniest part of this shit? Irv sitting there doing an interview. You know what he's wearing? A t-shirt to say free preem. <laughs> <laughs> Because he started talking about that whole shit. When that happened, they, they get into the 50 Cent shit. And Irv was like, yo, I, like, I'm, I couldn't believe this shit. Like, I get it. When you at the top, motherfuckers went your spot. But he's like, I watched 50 come out and be like, yo, this nigga singing, da-da-da-da. Then drop a track singing. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and he was like, once the whole fair shit happened, these motherfuckers hit us for everything. 20 fucking charges of murder, drug dealing, every fucking thing you could think of. And, you know, we spent three, four million dollars trying to beat that fucking case. And the label literally, that's where he really started going off about that. He was like, the label wasn't supporting. They wasn't rocking with us. They just wasn't doing the right things. And it's just like, man, fuck y'all. I'm out. I don't want to do this shit no more. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of what happened. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, one thing I'm very proud of, though, is that Ashanti and Ja Rule just have their spot solidified in fucking music to where it's doubt. like, that's when they brought up the whole versus shit, how bad he cooked Fat Joe in the verses. And it's just like, yeah, Irv like, yo, were we drunk? Yes. Were we high? Yes. But I knew, barring the drugs and alcohol, this music gonna live forever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he's not lying. Like, them Jive records really gonna live Forever. God gonna, he's a legacy act. He gonna, him and Ashanti going to be able to tour amphitheaters and small arenas forever. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Because that music 
correlates to so many different generations. It correlates to our direct generation who grew up in it, the generation after us, and the generation before us. Exactly. Because it's timeless music. And not a lot of people have timeless, and that's like, not to, you know, the, that's kind of like the knock that a lot of people had on somebody like Meek for a long time before he started to transition and make different types of records that it's like, yo, he don't really have no classy, like, music in mm-hmm. his in his discography, shit that you can, like, play in front of your grandma and mm-hmm. shit like that. Ja Rule has endless amounts of them, no. Ja Rule got street records, hard records, singing records, soft records, baby shower records, graduation records, mm-hmm. like... You know, <laughs> karaoke, all that shit. Like, them records really going to stand the test of time. So, yeah, the Ja Rule joint is very good. But it's called Origins of Hip Hop. I wrote it down yeah. already. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm on, it's on my yeah. list. They, they, um, in fact, let me tell you all the people that they got because I don't want y'all, uh, I want y'all to get into this. Origins of Hip Hop A&E. Uh... And they're doing it on Fat Joe, Busta Rhymes, Ja Rule. Fat Joe, Busta Rhymes, Ja Rule, uh, Ice T, Luke, Little John, Eve, and Grandmaster Flash. Fire. Yeah. So, yeah. But each episode is about somebody different. I know the Luke Jones. Yeah, Luke John gonna be ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Luke and Lil John. I, I'm, I'm anxious to see both of those. But yeah, they're, they're, like I said, they're very good. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah that's something to check out. But uh, got anything else? Nah, not really. Um, you know, the the random thought went on uh some podcast talking about how Kanye and Future made a twerk in the studio, but that's neither here nor there. That's really not n- anything. That's we nothing. we had a we had a phenomenal show today. That's good enough. If y'all don't have y'all tickets yet, get them because they're gonna be sold out probably in the next two three days. Get y'all tickets for the uh tour finale June twenty sixth um in Brooklyn. Doors open at 6, showtime is at 7 p.m. Uh, we all going, you know, link up as Philly, go out that night. We're going to go to Pergola, have a good time. And if it's a strip club open late, we're going to go to the strippy. We're going we gonna, to, you know I mean, make it an evening. But, I actually uh, have a bucket with like 300 ones in it. Bring it with you. Yeah, I'm like, bring, <laughs> right, bring the bucket. Bring yeah. the bucket. I make it a goal to like put money in it, yeah. like the, the loose change and dollar bills. And I actually counted the yeah. dollars the other day and I pulled it out. It's like this many went. And Lee looked over. She was like, why the fuck do you have? What were you, what, what, were you and Dan really in New York? I'm like, I'm telling you, who's in New York? This shit been sitting here the whole time. <laughs> I'm telling you, this shit been sitting here the whole time. Like, what the fuck? Um, if y'all haven't listened to the episode or watched the episode yet, yo, with, uh, with we, we didn't, we, we, I'm, I'm mad we didn't do that till the end. Let's, let's wrap. We got four or five minutes. Yeah. The impact that that episode has had already. I have yo. endless testimonials. Yo. Endless. I want to read some of them because uh, I made it a point to, uh, screenshot them Jones. All right, so my homegirl uh, hit me from Atlanta. Just want to let you know, I appreciate that credit episode. I literally sat and watched the entire two hours. Literally so much free game. I sent it to damn near everyone in my contacts. That last episode was legendary. Something clicked in me. I'm mentally somewhere else when it comes to these goals. I refuse to miss out on another opportunity due to not having capital. Uh... But yeah, just just a lot, a lot, a lot of feedback, man. Um, you know, as it relates to this show, and um, you know, it's a it's a mindset shifter for a lot of people 
that are part of our community and part of this, um, you know, this audience that we've, you know, we've cultivated. And, uh, you know, we've made it a point to go after the higher vibrational conversations and not just deal in the muck and the bullshit and the relationship shows and the who who should pay for dinner and all that nonsense that's going on in podcasting right now. Shout uh, out to our large. brother. I got one. Shout out to our brother, Ra, you know, doing his thing over at the ringer, man. Ra said, I'm 25 minutes through this life hack episode. And I've really got to thank y'all for this. I needed this so badly. And you like shit. We all did, man. Herman Kev did an excellent job of putting things into perspective and stressing how simplistic it is to be successful. And Rod, like, yeah, man, they really see made it seem so simple. The whole life insurance thing is crazy. And then we all started, you know, discussing how you know we we don't know. Yeah. And that's one thing you don't me, know what you don't. That, know. Shout out, Paulie. That's one thing we were talking about today. Paulie was like, "Yo, we really come from like a fucked up way of thinking." This is the way, and I told him this is the way niggas think. They got a little hustle going on. Now I'm going to save up like 10 bands and I'm going to bust a move over here. And it's just like, yo, you really don't have to save up no bands. Like you really don't. You can really, really go out here and set yourself up to where you can use OPM, other people's money, and you can build your success off of somebody else's capital. That's really how it fucking goes. So then... Rob was like, bro, I had to pull over this episode. is so good. Like dead ass, I had to pull over. This episode is amazing. And then... He was like, the more I listen to this podcast, I realized, like, yo, we be operating like dickheads. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yo, like, this shit make you do soul searching. And then my homegirl, she hit me up and it's just like, yo, this, this, this episode might live forever. As y'all grow up, it's going to be one of those, like, watershed moments where it's like, yo, this is that. Remember that pivotal episode y'all did yeah. with this, that, and the third? And I'm just like... Yeah, it's crazy. It's been so much feedback on Twitter, the Patreon messages, everything. People are like, yo, I really love where y'all are at right now with this pod because it's like, yeah, y'all be silly and play around. But on the flip side, you make it a point to give people things. And I said that in the voice note with y'all. I'm just like, yeah, man, it feel good to like, we didn't get messy and go to messy route. And just start doing nigga nonsense. And we thought about it. <laughs> we, we had some discussions. We thought about it. There were some, there were some preemptive talks. There were some discussions, but we didn't go that route, and we just stayed true to, like, us. And you you made a very good point. What was the word you used the other day where you was like, we found our uh, our, our mission or our... Yeah, what? we found our mission. Like the, uh, I forgot the way you worded it, though. You was like, we found our... Like our, our our objective, like how you put your objective at the top yeah. of your resume. We found what we're supposed to be doing in this pod yeah. space, and it's informing people. And you know, yeah, and, and at the end of the day, it ain't for everybody. It's about people that are at a certain place in life where, even if they got shit going good, they're trying to figure out ways to right size what they're doing and do it more efficiently and right, and, right, right, and receive more from it. Like, we're not designed to just wake up and go to work every day for somebody else. I want to play this real quick because I saw this. You just made me think about it. I saw this on TikTok yesterday. Um, did you see the boy crying about his job? Yes. Dog. And that shit, it, 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 it struck a nerve with me because I'm just like, God damn, that's, that's, that's how it be. You yeah. know what I'm saying? This was the joke. Y'all, I've had a series of fucking panic attacks at fucking work today. Like, we are not supposed to live like this, y'all. Like, I'm on lunch, and I don't want to go fucking back in, y'all. We we shouldn't have to struggle so fucking hard and then struggle to operate, struggle to, 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 to function as a person trying to make it. Like, what the fuck, y'all? And I don't have a solution. Like, we just, I don't know, y'all. 
this ain't fucking it, y'all. This ain't fucking it. I did not picture life being this fucking bullshit, y'all. Yeah, and he he's literally like crying, like yeah. tears. He's like, up. I don't want to go back to work because I don't want to have to explain to everybody that I've been crying in the right. car for my whole fucking lunch break. Right, right. And I've been there, not crying, yeah. but I've been there where it's just like th- th- these jobs will eat you alive. Yeah, you get yo. backed into a corner, yo. Like, and you you just like you like you be trying shit, trying to figure it out, and you can't. You just can't. You just can't. Because, like, the answer doesn't lie. There isn't a solution to the problem. Like, it's, 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 it's just... What a, he said, I don't have a solution. I don't have a solution. There is, because there isn't one. No. It's just a hamster wheel that you cannot get the fuck out of. Yeah. And, you know, you look up and you see, and I was telling him, like, like yo, I, I talk with people from other places and just who had different bring, upbringings. They understand the, the nepotism that we don't. They understand how to move in certain arenas that we don't. So, you know, I, I appreciate people like Kevin Herm that'll come and, you know, talk that shit and really, really, you know, inspire people because people need it. People need an inspiration. People need a motivator. People need a, uh, what's the term, a battery in their back, mm-hmm. if you will, to just want to want to see something different and do something different. So the episode is, the reaction from it has been phenomenal. Yeah. So if y'all haven't seen that yet, the, the, uh, seen it or heard it yet, the video, um, we just hit like 5,000 downloads on the audio. The video is out now. Make sure y'all go watch the video. Take vigorous notes. It's a lot of information in there. Follow Herm on the gram. Follow Kev on the gram. It's a lot of information. And I want to read this. I think I read it on Patreon, but I want to read this to the audience. This is from uh, Kevin Dosey, um, one of the brothers that was on the show with us. He tagged me and Matt and said, thank you for having Haitian CEO and I on official TRP podcast. It's a hands-down best interview as I called you guys journalists. Doing your due diligence on my brother and I, asking all the right questions and being informative on the topics at hand. Best interview podcast I've done so far. You guys are aligning with my guys over at Earn Your Leisure for sure. Stay tuned. New episode drops uh, Monday. This was, you know, prior to the episode dropping. And this is from somebody that was there in the room. You know what I'm saying? That just had an appreciation for our approach and our tact and just turning it into a conversation and not making it like, oh, so what's this? And uh, it just, it became a conversation to the point where we talked about the finals at the end and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it's just one of them things where it's like, yo, like we're doing our best to package the information and present it to y'all in a way that that is palatable from leaders of industry. Like these are people that have brokered over a hundred million dollars in funding for their clientele, like success that comes with receipts as Herm would say. And if you're not taking advantage of these types of resources and people that look like us, that come from where we come from, them brothers is from uptown Philly by way of Brooklyn. And you're not taking advantage of this type of information and these resources that are right here in our own community, you're doing yourself a disservice. Because it's all laid out for you. You know what I'm saying? We didn't put the links to this and that and the resources. Like, they they telling you how to punch your own ticket and, and run up a, a bag with other people's money, yo. Yeah, real shit. It was phenomenal. It was great. Yep, and shout out to everybody that already listened to it, people that's on their second, third, fourth listen and stuff like that. Um, you know, the jewels is, you know, like uh, like Daylight said, the, 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 the shit is infinity gauntlet. The jewels is in the punch. Like, it's in there. So you see what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to glean through certain things in order to get it, but some of the stuff is just right there in your face. And it's, it's a mentality-shifting episode, um, you know, from people that come from our community. 
And um, you know, I can't really put it no no better than that, man. It's 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 I'm proud to be a part of that episode. Yeah, I'm like, yo, and that's really I take so much pride in this shit now. Like even today, like just walking into the joint and people like just randomly like, yo, I fuck with your podcast, man. Chicks like, yo, your podcast is dope. Yeah, y'all, yeah. It's just like people I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. it's just like, you know, they they know what's up. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, yeah, like I, you know, I like that. Like I like being able to be that person where it's like I love when people be like, you help me get through my work day. Because I know how fucking terrible a work day yes. is. <laughs> I know. I know how yes. terrible a work day is. So it's like if I could be the person who gives you a little bit of fucking relief and then at the flip side, help you get your business right, help you get out of that job, help you, yeah. you know, like, dog, that's cool as shit. And here's the other thing. Through collaboration, you can get whatever you want to accomplish. You ain't got to be pressured to do everything by yourself. Audit your circle. Find a group of like-minded people that believe in this, the same life principles and stuff that you believe in. Come together and do something. Right. It ain't got to be trucking. It ain't got to be real estate. It ain't got to be... It Just do something. Do something. Do something. Get your shit in order to where you can go and attain some fucking funding. And... Sit one day, just sit one day and brainstorm and figure out. And I keep it above with you. You don't have to be passionate. If, if I, I prefer it. Yeah. But there are people out here that make a lot of money not passionate about what yeah. they make a lot of money. Absolutely. Off of. Seriously. So just sit down and figure that shit out and come up with something and go get to it. That's real. For like sure. how you said, like, I love the fact that you like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get this shit. Go. Like, yeah. yeah, because it's just like, yeah, what, like. Got, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's it's like yeah, it makes all the sense. It's in the laid world. out for us to be successful because like, we got another situation that we could backdoor into. We got another situation. Yeah. That me and Dan was talking about some whole other shit the other day. It's yeah. just like I got oh. pulled into another business opportunity um, in uh, in Central Texas in in Dallas Fort Worth area that um, I'm gonna be investing in. That's gonna be rolling out like at the mm -hmm. end of the year. So it's just like yo, businesses beget other businesses. That's it's just like the way it's it like Herm said, that's just the way it goes. And it's like, you know, I just have all my energy singularly focused on increasing my quality of life and that around us, scaling this podcast, scaling this trucking company. Um, like Whispers, me and Jules sat the other day just brainstorming, like, I'm trying to get on some ticket shit next year. Like, I'm talking to Scott already from down Memphis where it's just like, yo, like, show me this shit, man. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I like, because you like, dog, he told me he's had he had 300 tickets for sale for every Grizzlies playoff game. Three hundred. <laughs> he said he had forty-five tickets on forty-five course side tickets. R row one, row two, and row three. He had forty-five of those and two hundred and fifty around the arena. That's crazy. I know for a fact the uh, floor seats for the for the playoffs was five thousand a piece. Right. I know. He had forty-five of them. He had well forty-five first row, second row. <laughs> first row was five thousand. Second row was twenty-five hundred. Third row was fifteen hundred. Right. I know because Rob bought a couple five thousand. Like <laughs> them, like, and he's like, "Yeah, I got forty five of these. And I got three hundred around the joint." I'm talking to the ticket broker boy I fuck with here and up in Boston. He tried to get me at the game in Boston the other night. Yeah. He hit me. He was like, "Yo, you want Jones tonight? I got you." I'm like, "How much? Fourteen thousand a piece?" <laughs> I hit Kev. Kev was like, "I hate you." No, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And you see me. I told Rob, which wherever I said, "Yo, we going next year." You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, I'm trying to be selling them bitches next year. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, no, he's selling final seats. Yeah. Two of them bitches for thirty racks. This, if we do this shit right, which I know we are, um, primarily because I'm involved, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be able to do whatever the fuck we want. That's yeah, yeah, that's we'll, just, we'll, just we'll just be in go. a position to do whatever the fuck we want. 
And niggas is going to, you know, Dan talked years ago about fucking having, uh, you know, buying a boat and having a, a yacht for rent. And we gonna he, be able he to, got me on the we, boat shit. Yeah. We've been looking at boats. Listen, like, yeah. I'm looking at yeah. boats for I'm looking at a boat for Miami, a boat for Tampa, because that market is just as good as the fucking John is, is in fucking Miami. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I'm on some like trying to maximize all of my connections and put everybody to work in our favor. Right. And it's all going to unfurl itself in short order because we trust the experts and we have experts of industry leading us into these different things that we want to do. Dog, that's another one. People like people will almost scare themselves out of certain oh, situations. Yeah. Motherfuckers talk themselves out of shit all the time. I've done it. Yeah. I was going to move nine different times. I was going to move to Charlotte. I was going to move to fucking, since I'm 39 now, since I was 28 years old, I was going to move 10 different times. I was going to move to LA. I was going to move to Charlotte. I was going to move to Houston. I was going to move to Austin. I was going to move to fucking South Florida. I was going to move to- You know the craziest part? I was in Utah. And I was settled. Yeah. And I came back. Came the fuck back. Granted, I'm glad I came back because, you know, life works in mysterious ways or whatever, but it's just like- Man, these hoes, man, they a headache. And the, the <laughs> niggas, like, it, seriously, I question that shit all the time. Like, what the fuck made me want to come back when I was like, I got out. You were out. You were free. I was out. And I know a lot of people right now that, you know, people that I know that have moved to Houston, moved to L.A., did this and that. And I'm like, yo, don't look back, man. Don't feel like you're missing something by not being here because you got to basically build yourself up to be the man or the woman in this new in this new market. Who gives a fuck? Right. Do what the fuck you need to do. Handle your responsibility. Build your bankroll up, and you're going to be in a position to punch a ticket to do whatever the hell you want. Absolutely. As simple as that. There's plenty of dope shit going on everywhere. Just by proxy, if you move, if you live in Philly right now, right, and you move to South Florida or you move to Houston, Texas, or Austin, Texas, you're getting a raise. The cost of living is essentially the same when you compare average rent, Mm -hmm. Uh, cost of food, this, 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 and this. Because we live in a global economy. So your cost of living is the same, but you automatically off-rip. Even if you're just doing the same shit, you get a 20% raise because you don't got to pay state income tax. Right. It's just simple little life hacks like that mm -hmm. and just knowing that it's like, yo, you fucking, you're just going to make more money doing the same exact thing. Absolutely. If you work for a company that's nationally based, go to your job. Hey, wh what would be the process to get a transfer to go here? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's very simple. Real talk. It's very simple. You got people every day making mass exoduses from places that people want to move to. You have people leaving there. Right now, people are leaving the state of New York and the fucking uh, state of California in droves oh, did to you, move did further Did you see the south. rent re requirements in some of them places in New York? 160 times if you are, if you a personal guarantor, 80 times the yeah, rent. Yeah. If like, excuse me? Like, yeah, the rent 2000 Corporate greed is at an all-time high. Yo. And that's his own separate fucking episode. Yeah. I saw a fucking post uh, uh, yesterday that said uh, gas in 2017 was $114 a barrel. Gas a day is $117. Uh, uh, crude oil is $117 a barrel today. But gas was $2 less at the pump. Why is that? Because our government is allowing these gas companies to operate with impunity mm. and just gouge people, period. Oh. And the, all in the name of making up some fake amount of money that they lost during the pandemic that didn't happen because they all got bailout money because the government is not in a position to let any oil company fail. No. It's all bullshit. <laughs> it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. It's like Cat Williams said, it's the truth against the lie. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got people that, that love the truth. You got people that listen to the lie, but they lie to all of us. And it's as simple as that. Right. But I got nothing else. We could do a Patreon later in the week about that. Yes. That'd be a good Patreon episode. Yep. Uh, subscribe to the Patreon, man. Patreon.com slash official TRP. The new the tiers will be refreshed. At the uh, end of the month. At the end of the month. We're going to announce them by the end of this week. It'll be out by the end of the month. Anybody that has paid for a yearly subscription, if you didn't tap in with me already, please do. I'm going to send you a free merch package or whatever. Send me your address, full name and all that, you know, wherever you receive your shit. I don't care if it's by camel. Just tell me where to send the shit to. It'll get to you. We're going to take care of that this week. I just been, like I said, I've been in a cave the last uh, week and a half just doing business stuff. So I haven't gotten a chance to go and package everybody's shit and send it out, but I will this week. I promise. Yeah. Um, other than that, man, we love y'all. We appreciate y'all. Go watch that episode with Herman Kev. Um, you know, go subscribe to our YouTube. If you're not subscribed already, hit the notification bell. So you get alerts on when these videos come out so we can run these numbers up and keep spreading the message to people worldwide that want to see what we got to offer. Yeah. Realist podcast ever. We out. Peace.